Yo, well, yeah, my boy. That's on the neighborhood, cuz. Say word. What up? Yo, what's poppin' with y'all lashy asses? Nico in the building, making aunties bat them lashes. Melly with the jelly, making brothers do a double take. Got the hash on deck to be way more than half baked. Love is at war, hit the general, yeah, yeah, yo. Listen to the wisdom, how your love life like, hey, yo. All this in the hour, it'll never be a bore. So welcome, everybody, this is ethnic ish and more. Yo, yo, what's poppin', cuz? Yeah, you gon' still bangin' ducks in 12 and 19, the only season I don't use. But nigga, have you heard ethnic ish and more, cuz? They got more shit on there, cuz. They doing past political shit, nigga. They doing relationship shit. Like, Mark Ali mad at me for cheating no more. Yo, shout to you, yo. Hey, yo, nigga, have you seen Melly Mel's IG? Cuz on neighborhood, she gotta be jelly, cuz jam don't shake like that. And she got the hash on lock, nigga. They on there for an hour, cuz. You better tune in and check that shit out on neighborhood, cuz. This Pride, everyone's coming through for the Trevor Project on YouTube Shorts. Join us! Create a short showing how you're stepping up for Pride using the hashtag YouTube Pride Challenge. Come through for Pride on YouTube Shorts. Visit youtube.com backslash pride. There we go. Yo, yo, boy, That's on the neighborhood, cuz. Say word. What up? Yo, what's poppin' with y'all lashy asses? Nico in the building, making aunties bat them lashes. Melly with the jelly, making brothers do a double take. Got the hash on deck to be way more than half-baked. Love is at war, hit the general, yeah, yeah, yo. Listen to the wisdom, how your love life like, hey, yo. All this in the hour, it'll never be a bore. So welcome, everybody, this is ethnic ish and more. Yo, yo, what's poppin', cuz? Yeah, you gon' still bangin' the 12 and 19, the old season out here. But nigga, have you heard ethnic ish and more, cuz? They got more shit on there, cuz. They do a past the producer shit, nigga. They do a relationship shit like, Mark Ali met me for cheating no more, yo. Shout out to you, yo. Hey, yo, nigga, have you seen Melly Mel's IG? Cuz, oh, baby, cuz you gotta be just a shit like that. And she got the hash on my nigga. They on there for an hour, cuz. You better tune in and check that shit. Can you read? It's a ethnic issue more TV. Yeah. I'm just a broke girl with a vision. Making videos straight up out the kitchen. Working nine to five, I should have started my own business. Time keep ticking. Too many damn decisions. College degree just mean I'm in debt. Working part-time, minimum check. Struggling how I'm gon' help pay the rent. Studio session just to help me vent. 80 an hour. Damn, seem like the ones behind the scene got the power. Everybody got a fee. See, this shit ain't free. They'll take you for everything just to sell you a dream. But this rap shit in my blood like a fiend. But it's all about the cream I got. I got a dollar in a dream. I told myself the other day, I'ma fake it till I make it. Then myself told myself, don't fake it, just face it. That's the only way to get to the real, see through the fake shit. When they see they can't block your shine, then they start hating. It's okay, in. I'ma be okay, in. Don't be in my face when I make it where I'm heading. Now you on the outside, you can't even get in. Now you on the outside, looking at me win. I'm just a broke girl with a vision. In my feelings, but I'll be back in a minute. It's been months since I've been feeling how I'm feeling. I ain't been my best self in a good damn minute. I've been tripping. I've been lazy and exhausted with this business. Need a ticket, need a way out. Not asking for a handout. Not asking for a simple route. Damn, can I get a discount on some content that I'm simply trying to hand out to a little boy or a girl who inspired to be a star who ain't got the funds? We're simply trying to find out who they are. I'm an artist and you can't put a price tag on what I do. But everybody around me saying that ain't fucking true. I gotta pay you and now I gotta pay you too. But see, I got this vision, and if you were just listening, maybe you could come talk some business and invest in me and make us all richer. I guess the people around me don't see the bigger picture. Uh, I wish they could see my vision. 
They say I change and started acting real distant I need to focus, get persistent and consistent I need to start living and stop fucking existing Time is money and I ain't got time to waste it All gas, no brakes, fuck pacing Had to cut some people off for rearranging Time is ticking, pray to God that I make it What you gonna do? 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 I'm a broke girl with a vision. Out the mud, coming straight about them trenches. See anything worth in this world ain't giving. I've been tripping, but I promise I'm getting back to the business. Big pippin'. I've been cooking in the lab, big whipping. All the buds I've been nipping. Refocusing on my God given vision. Fuck the hate, I'm on a mission. Generational tradition, I'm breaking my intuition. Got key to the ignition. Uh, no excuses, no slacking, no blacking. Every day up on my grind, no capping. Less drama, less problems, more adding. More dollars, more commas, more fashion. Niggas watching had to quit the chit chat. Uh, when I make it to the top, don't get to act, don't uh, get to act. But that's what it is when you got something they lacking. Mm. But that's what it is when you got something they lacking. Mm. Yeah, we on deck, nigga. Ethnic Ishimura TV. You beat him with a knife, he comes back with a gun. And if you beat him with a gun, you better kill him. Do a lot. Blake. Check me out. The truth might set you free, but y'all can't handle the truth. Y'all rather me tell you about bitches and coops who be giving me top with no roof, or the goons and the killers I'm with. And all of the people we shoot With Dracos and Glock 17s with extendos And leaving the ops with no proof Lord knows I be dripping in juice Balenciaga got them bippity boobs Wrist piece got them trippity droops Side bitch got balloons for boobs And she love to have a threesome when she rolling off a of molly First I gotta throw a party where I gotta catch a body Anybody throw your motherfucking hands up I'm about to throw another hundred bands up Why? Cause it's your jam and it's your shit And it's your song and you believe The shit I say is what we on Bitch be gone, you know I want that Ignis shit, ignis shit, ignis shit You only want that ignis shit, ignis shit, ignis Cause it's your jam and it's your shit and it's your song And you believe the shit I say is what we on Bitch be gone, you know I'm on that Ignis shit, Ignis shit, Ignis shit You only want that Ignis shit, Ignis shit, Ignis shit I put death before life, now it's life over death Save my soul in the struggle, now I got life after death You see they blind but they see me, they see that I'm fresh to death And when they capping I hear them but I just act like I'm deaf Or I just load up these clips and start shooting movies at niggas No need for burning these bridges, I just turn left and I skip them These bitches thinking they angels, I see they wings and I clip them I see 12 and I dip them, pull up a four and I sip them Make sure that cash get delivered, I get that bag and unzip it Then I front half to my niggas, sit back and laugh 
for my little one. Stare at that ass in the kitchen. My woman splashing the dishes. We do the dash through the trenches. And I go monkey with wrenches. Why? Cause it's your jam and it's your shit and it's your song. And you believe the shit I say is what we on. Bitch be gone. You know I'm on that ignis shit, ignis shit, ignis shit. You only want that ignis shit, ignis shit, ignis shit. Cause it's your jam and it's your shit and it's your song. And you believe the shit I say is what we on. Bitch be gone. You know I'm on that ignis shit, ignis shit, ignis shit. You only want that ignis shit, ignis shit, ignis shit. Can you read? It's a ethnic issue more TV. I'm the deputy chairman of the state of Illinois Black Panther Party, Fred Hampton. We might not be back. I might be in jail. I might be anywhere. But when I leave, you can remember I said with the last words on my lips that I am. A revolutionary. Deal with everyone, I try to you to benefit. I got nothing to say if you ain't really innocent. Every issue ain't your business, nigga, don't trip. Consider I can chemicals, but I'm deaf here. No online beef, I see you in the streets. I wanna keep the peace, don't release the beats. I just be tweaking in my ozone with an ozone. Finna roll strong, finna have me gone. Dang, underground, if you lit. Underdog, you shit. Under pressure. Never quit over all my squad to the chick. Underground, it be lit. Under dogs, we shit. Under pressure, never quit over all my squad to the chick. Check the artwork, check the tattoos. No snooze, fast drag. Now they asking, can I teach moves? Either getting it or spinning it. Up to you to choose, Johnny Taylor, last two dollars, man, I've seen the blues. Looking in the mirror, introduced to the real you. Staying humble, cause that pride shit'll kill you. Talking all that bullshit, but I cannot feel you. I got enough problems, asking what the pills do. Underground, it be lit. Underdog, we sick. Under pressure, never quit. Over all my squad, too legit. Underground, it be lit. We sick, under pressure, never quit, over all my squad to the chick. Everything will be alright if everything is put back in the hands of the people. And we're going to have to put it back in the hands of the people. If we don't hate the motherfucker, white people, we hate the oppressor, whether he be white, black, brown, or yellow. We're not a racist organization because we understand that racism is an excuse you. Capitalism. And we know that racism is just, just, just a byproduct of capitalism.
96.3 R&B for the Lou has teamed up with attorney Roderick White to pay your bills. Paying the bills. Pay my bills. Pay my bills. One lucky winner will get their bills paid up to $500 each month. You gotta pay the bill. Wanna win this money? Wanna win this money? Just by logging on to 96.3thelou.fm and registering to win, we are paying your bills this and every month with attorney Roderick White and 96.3thelou.fm. Hey, y'all, man, turn up, turn up, or turn it on up. We back on another episode of Ethnic Issue More, episode number 108, Big G's Day. <laughs> now, for those wanting to know why the show is titled Big G's Day, it is our wonderful, your motherfucking favorites, everything, Big G's <laughs> birthday. She turned out to blink 25 today. I mean, something like that, you know, something like that. So we just want to give you a wonderful happy birthday. As always, shout out to the Pisces in the building. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I have a drink to that. Look, I've I've been slowly sipping on mine. It's kind of almost gone. I got to pace myself. (laughs) It's so bad when I'll be at home drinking and podcasting. Yeah, you don't do right. You end up on the bathroom floor. Now. I appreciate all y'all ashy asses for tuning in for another week's 108 weeks in a row. Rain, sleet, or snow. We in this hole. We're going to make sure that you get your postal podcasting in all weathers. As you see, for those in the St. Louis area, county, city, it's out here bad. I ain't looked outside again, but I know I stepped outside. I told them earlier, I let the wind hit me. It felt like the slap of 400 years worth of slavery. And I ain't trying to deal. I told my dogs, look, just don't piss in the house because like, you ain't going to go out as often as you want to, man. But one of them be pissing. The other one, she got her diaper on because she in heat. And I ain't got time for that shit, man. But she get, she get on my nerves. She keep walking all stupid with the diaper on. I'm like, bruh, you'll be all right. I went outside. I left something in the car. Man. I ain't got the right shoes on to go outside because... uh. I went outside it. and ice skated to that motherfucker. Oh no, yeah, you gotta leave it. Yeah, you gotta leave it at this point. Cause well, I'll tell, don't ask me to go outside to do nothing unless it's by choice. Because it's too cold for any weather like that. Now, as always, I'm one third of the team. I'm your boy Nico the Great. It's your boy the past master. And it's your motherfucking favorite everything that's everybody's favorite everything, big jizz. As always, and then we got two wonderful people today. As always, y'all get to kick it with my man's attorney, Roger T. White, once out the month. So we glad to have you in the building with us, as always. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. And we got a last-minute guest that neither one of us knew this was going to happen until we spoke to each other early. And I was like, man, you might as well. You might as well come on and just kick it with us. So we got, if y'all watch other podcasts, and you should, we got one that's strictly straight for the people. The Hood Talks podcast with Vanna in the building. So how you doing today? I'm super excited to be here. Um, oh. I'm trying to stay up, so I'm drinking uh, energy drink over here. <laughs> yeah. make you shake, too. Them monsters be hurting me. I had to stop yeah. messing with them. They, they can. They definitely can. But I'm trying to pull all the energy because I'm trying to get on y'all level, okay? I'm I'm I was, I'm used to being in the bed at 8 o'clock. But it's all right. I'm up tonight. Hey, hey. hey. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you. Just, look, if, if you want for this show, 
I was sleep. I I laid down at like seven after I finished doing something. I'm like, man, I I'll just chill here. I started getting heavy. I looked at my clock. I'm like, man, I got 34 minutes. I'm gonna set this alarm, and it was the best little power nap I done took in a while. Mm, mm, mm. The luxury. I'm trying to tell you. Oh yeah, see, so yeah, I got the. As long as my kids ain't bothering me, man, they be only one of them super worsome. It's like they going worsome by stages. Youngest one, the most worsome. And the middle one, he worse when he feel like being. And the oldest one just decided to be worse on occasions. So, now, how old is your oldest? So, yeah, me, Sean. Yeah, Sean is 11. Okay. Then Bree's sons, they are seven and nine. Okay. So, okay. yeah, they all, they all be here kicking. They keep each other entertained until they need some of adult approval. Then they don't care how you <laughs> the day going. They just going to do their thing, man. Oh, uh, I just have a really quick ask. If anybody knows where I can get a camel, a camel. or elephant or a tiger. Uh, no, no, no. Like not to go visit. I need to be able to take pictures with it. I called the zoo. The zoo was like, ma'am, what? I called Grant's phone. Grant's phone was like, get get the fuck off this phone. What are you talking about? Yes. I, I used to know a nigga with a camel. Uh, he don't be around no more. So I don't, I don't know how to get oh. you. I can get you a horse from the east side. I can get you a horse That's just a Clydesdale. I even tried to rent a goddamn Clydesdale. Then they told me it was like more than my my rent. I was like, I'm not going to do that for a while. Well, like, the fuck can I take it home with me? You know where the petting zoos come out for like the little kids' birthday party? In my mind, like Grant's form. Like I told the lady, she was like, what? We've never heard of that. I said, if I come and I get on the camel, I can take a picture. So why can't I bring a photographer? It's, it's, you know, we got prom, prom season is upon us. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you, you try to just go to where they at. You ain't trying yeah, to like bring, it, bring with me. I can to make the, the pictures work anywhere. Okay. I thought you were trying to bring a camel to the block. I'm like, I had a guy, but uh, he just don't be around no more. So I'm going to try to see if his contacts. I feel like a crackhead out here can make it happen. Oh, wow. I do too, and I will pay them. Like I am a, not above it. I will pay. Like the zoo, the zoo is probably our closest bet. With this elephant, but y'all, when I tell you this prom is gonna be the most epic thing that's ever happened in my life, like my mama went about I, feel, me. I never went to prom. I feel like I'm yeah, my mama wouldn't even got my ass a damn bluebird. She like, look, boy, you gonna get your ass better stand in front of a green screen and crop crop one of the motherfuckers in the back of you. No, it's not. Look, your son. I can I can see why going above and beyond. He do what the fuck he's supposed to do. I ain't do what the fuck I was supposed to do. So me, me, not like that. Than a pigeon, if anything, like and they because they walk the crosswalk with you and everything back home. Uh -uh. So they kind of a trained animal when you think about it. But yeah. <laughs> that's a damn, goddamn. Yeah, I have you. nothing. If he can't ride that one, to the like pull up at prom, I don't want it. Yeah, like he gotta pull up like Prince Hakeem or some shit. Yeah, I that'll be some G shit. It doesn't matter what car you pull up in now, because nobody's really outside like that. You no, know you the school I was at last year, a kid rolled up in a Porsche, another kid in a Maserati, another another parent had a Rolls Royce truck, and I'm like, that's dope. But don't nobody see y'all because it's cold as hell out here. 
Why were right. people cracking like that when I was like young? We just. Yeah. Hey, oh, you know, Madison and Pulaski in Chicago. Like, that's the most highlights of my shit. Like, that's it. My mama got me a Ford Explorer for my. Uh, I was, I had a Honda or something I like that. Daddy, oh, <laughs> Straight <laughs> rental. Pick that mug up Friday. Had to have it back by Saturday. That part. <laughs> 97, I looked, I looked that shit nice, Friday night. Yeah. Maserati, I've been to came home. That part. The kid, it was, it was the funniest thing was the kid pulled up in the Rolls Royce truck. It seemed like because I the kid had told me he don't know how to drive. So oh, no. his mama pulled into the parking lot of the venue we was at, pulled over, let him drive up to the entrance, get out, get his date out, and then she drove off in the truck. So I said, first mama gotta go stunt and do her thing. Right. But it was just like if I'm renting a car, yeah, I need to get this. That mug gonna sit outside. A kid had a a, a chauffeur like this last prom. I'm trying to do it in the back seat. Hell no, you for the girl, you for the boys loving. Better go somewhere, mama. Spark that shit over there. But that chauffeur, like that's the best deal. Like or a Uber X. Like I told my son, I'm putting nothing past y'all kids. It's prom. Y'all gonna be doing all kind of bullshit. Please, I'm not. I'm not spending that kind of money on a rental car that's more than my car for anything to go wrong. If you don't yeah, let somebody yeah. drop you, not me drop y'all off. But I will rent y'all a car service. But like, I'm not doing all of that. Oh, yeah. I don't trust kids with that kind of shit. I ain't riding around in them. Like, you, you can ride around one of them when you can buy one your goddamn self. <laughs> that part. I'm cool with the pictures. The pictures I can understand. You're not gonna take no above average luxury car. To prom for you to because I know how I was riding in the '94 Jeep Cherokee. Hello, in high school. So I know if you would have gave me a Maserati, the police would have definitely pulled my black ass over. <laughs> yeah, I'd have been outside in that. I'm everywhere. Windows down. Music loud. Yeah. I need them to question who card you got, sir. Yep. And that's exactly how that's gonna go. I don't want it. No parts of it. <laughs> But look, y'all, as I was saying earlier, I appreciate y'all Ashy Essence for tuning in every week. Make sure you can always catch us on ethnicishamore.com, my city, my music.com. You can go to our main store, Spreaker, or if you want to catch it later in your week, you like Apple Podcasts, you got Spotify, you got iHeart, you got Google, and you got 51 other ones that we own. One of them, I think it's called Intune. I think that's what they've listened to overseas. That's probably the only one I don't learn because it's like the third highest on the rating list, but I don't know the other ones, but I know we on there because I'll check for a fact. So just make sure you catch us every week, every Wednesday it's uploaded the night of, or if usually when we do it like this, if it's not the night of, it'll be the next morning, but we're going to make sure we get you your content. Now, our numerology corner, it's a little lengthy. Um, it was like multiple parts. I just kept reading and I just felt like I'm going to piece all of this together. So you got to take one of them deep breaths before like you're about to read your Easter speech at church and don't want to mess up in front of nobody. But the angel number 108 is for you to be a happy person. Mm. No matter what tough times that you are facing, consider it a season that will pass. Be vivacious no matter what and always look at the bright side of life. When you miss out on the opportunity, tell yourself that there will be a next one. So prepare hard so that when the next one comes, it finds you ready. Keeping this kind of positivity will make it hard for anyone or anything to wipe out that smile that you carry on your face. It will make you look young because there will be no sad wrinkles on your face. And the moment you start seeing 108 everywhere, 
know that it is time to bring things to an end. You may have been engaged in a project that is yet to be completed. Your guardian angel is communicating that the fact that it is time to complete the same and start a new chapter of your life. This is a time for you to restore your purpose in life. Everything that you have gone through in your life so far is preparation for the challenges that are to come. It's getting deep. Let's get deep. I'm trying to, we've been trying to stop it since 99, but for some reason, it just keeps getting more and more inspiration. I don't know if it's because it's adding the digits and they got a combined shit, <coughs> but it gets better and better every week. So uh, you got to align yourself. Start writing them out. Maybe if I write out. Literally, the first line was all that was necessary. Really? Be a happy person. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because a lot of times, people are going through so much stuff. They're going through so much stuff, the stress, the pandemic, the life, everything. And, and we all know as adults, life don't do nothing but kick your ass. You know what I'm saying? They just constantly do that. But to to try to find happiness and continue this is key and important. You know, and, and a lot of times, I, I really hope next week, if, it, if the angel number this week told us to be happy, I hope the one ne- next week tells us, to figure out how to how to understand what happiness looks like for everyone, because yeah. happiness doesn't necessarily mean a smile. Mm. I know somebody who unfortunately took their life over the weekend, who would smile, oh, happy, or what we thought was happy, jokes, kicking it. Everybody, every person I've talked to that 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 talks about this young lady, you know, nothing but smiles and happiness. But then now that she's gone, it's like, man, we should have seen it, mm-hmm. right? And happy sometimes can be misconstrued because yep. I'd be like, hey, man, y'all smiling. Y'all good. Y'all happy. But really, you just putting on a smile. And and and, and some actors can do that gloriously. You know what I'm saying? That's so I hope next week that, that we get a chance to touch on what it's like to, to decipher what happiness really is. Yeah, no, and I hope, I mean, and that's something, I really added all of it, but I felt the same way. When I read the first line, I was like, honestly, this could have been a short and straight to the point. The rest of it was just kind of talking. It was like a numerology of, it could have been talking to different people. Because somebody yeah. could be happy, but it could have been other parts of this that could have catered to how you feeling or how your life is going right now. Right. Like, and happiness, it's plenty of people that smile. It's plenty of people that do everything. And then you hear, you finally get to talk to them because everybody don't feel comfortable to do that for open up. It's different to be like, oh, yeah, I'm cool, I'm cool, ain't nothing going on. They tell you a little bit, but it gets deep sometimes. And especially within our community, uh, mental health is like a null and void thing. I mean, well, mental health is real, sorry. It was null and void <laughs> up until maybe the past five, six years when people are still pushing because it's like, hey, man, you got to speak. And I know just being me, I grew up as like shit, man. It'll be all right. Like, just get over it, move forward. You a grown, you a man, like ain't nobody gotta worry. You ain't got time for people to be worried about what's going on with you. You don't got time to wallow in your sorrows. And I and I still feel that way now, but now I still go, well, give yourself a day or so. Cause if it's truly an issue, you need to get that out. Like, ain't nothing wrong with having no problems, ain't nothing wrong with writing it down, ain't nothing wrong with talking to nobody. But then after that, I go back to my old way of thinking, like me soaking in my sorrows ain't gonna change or fix my situation so it's like yeah get it out my system so i feel better personally but after that it's like all right what's the solution 
to, yeah. to, to your issue at the moment because it's some people and everybody can't do that. Everybody can't get out of that mind frame and just go straight to the, how can I fix my problem? And I wish it was, like, to me, it's easy, but I wish it was that easy for everybody because if it was, we wouldn't be hearing about, like, we've had two beauty pageant ladies jump off of buildings. Yeah. The second one just recently happened, and I was surprised to see it was the same way that the first one died. And you hear, like, oh, they lawyers, they do this, they on TV, all of that. And it was probably more so you get this, your whole new lifestyle changed. Like everything in your life just switched completely. So whatever issues you may already have, now you got this slick fame added to it, especially the first one. She went from, I mean, I already hear, like I've heard stories of some lawyers and Roger, you can speak to that. Like I've heard that being a high stress job for some people. Like I remember reading back in school that at one point within the top five professions, it was some lawyers that was committing suicide. Hell, we had to do it here. From uh, what, Brown and Crouppen, I believe yeah. it was, jumped yeah. up the downtown building. Yeah. And you never know what a person going to going through until you either take that time or they get comfortable enough yeah. with, you know, putting that information out yeah. and not feeling like they're going to be judged or ridiculed for it. Well, well I, I also think that when, you know, stress is one, stress looks differently for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and it's whatever you're doing it i know people who don't have a job who don't who who what i consider don't struggle at all but their stress looks different mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying their stress is different and, and and no matter what type of field you in you know we all we, we i think every one of us would be like if i had the opportunity to be rich we'd jump at it but hell biggie told us jay-z then told us the more money more problems the more money you got the more problems you have and so we rushing to get to a whole new level of stress that we may not be able to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it, it's a, it, it's unfortunate. I, I definitely want to send, I ain't going to say her name, but I'm going to just say, I'm going to send my condolences while I'm live on air. Send my condolences to the ladies of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated on, on the loss of your sorority sister. Um, and I'm praying for y'all. Got mad love for y'all. So, uh, yeah, that, that, I, I pray for her, her family, her kids. I, that's all I want to say. Yeah, especially kids, because that's hard. I mean, it's hard to process for anybody. But then you got to go through the, I feel like, and I've never personally known somebody. The most closest person to me was when I was in high school, the dude who sat in front of me in gym in my senior year committed suicide. Like, and we, I ain't going to say we knew each other for real, for real, but we sat right behind each other in front of each other. So we talked. Just from being around, just like, hey man, how you doing? Going over, and it was all over a woman, over a girl that he was going with. She ain't want to be with him no more. And he took, and at that time, and, and I still, I can't personally say a woman's gonna drive me to that. I don't know how everybody mind operate, but knowing that the ratio of men to women on the planet at that time in my mindset is like, bro, if this one don't work out, you know, whether you love that or not, because I don't get heartbroken. To where it's like, bro, oh man, I don't know what's gonna be next, but I never thought, like, oh man, I, I, I'm gonna end it because I'm like, well, shit, once I bounce back, shit, I'm me. I'm just gonna go back to doing me and, and get my life over. It may take some breakups are harder to get over, and at, especially at 17, 18, I couldn't process nobody because I'm like, damn, bro, you ain't even live your life. This your first girlfriend, bro. No, I, I'm ready to tell my story, bro. I'm ready to tell my story. I got. I, I was I was hurt hurt at seventeen, we're actually eighteen, 
by a light skinned girl. I'm ready to tell my story. I'm just telling you. Ooh, boy, listen. I a whole book about light skin. I know girl. it's a Facebook group. Hey, we all got hey, a story to tell. Hey, I I got a whole compilation album coming out called Say No to Light Brights. Yeah. Okay. Hey, it is what the it is. The, I'm on track one the lighter the skin, the deeper the sin. I learned my lesson. Y'all I'm right. telling my son, hey, if Ooh. they light, stay away. No, don't my do son that. already like him. That's like, part of the no, that's part of the don't, don't do and that. Just know, hey, just know that fairer skin like you go for the hey. gusto. The moment that the moment the light skinned girl, if she come up to you and she got them them funny colored eyes, run. Oh yeah, I don't do them. No, nah, oh, yeah, I don't do the color. I'm gonna tell my son, run. If you bring a light skinned girl home, I'm gonna be like, like my mama used to do me when I when she told me about white girls. If she can't use your comb, don't bring her home. We she- not gonna do this today. <laughs> no, we not. Ain't right. Roderick, say something. It, tell these young gentlemen don't be like this. Bro. Hey man, people, people are people, man. People are people. It's good. Hey, that's it's good Roger and bad. Light skinned people, bad. Dark skinned people. People Roger are people. Oh, no, they they are bad. Yeah, they <laughs> say no, that's what they want us to do. That's what they want us to do. Hey, y'all, y'all left light skinned dude dudes in the eighties. I'm leaving light skinned women in the, in the two thousands. As a matter of fact. 2010, that was it. That was the last chance that they got. Look, yeah. Close around that time. No, I gave it a little more time afterwards. They can't have my... They can't, I was born you know, in I give them 2020. That's when the start of my demise happened. <laughs> so I was born in 2010. Now I got a... I'm around a whole bunch of little yellow kids. Jizz, man, if y'all, know, if y'all know a good, wholesome, light-skinned girl, I guarantee you can't find one. But if you, if you got one, if you know one, Show me, and I guarantee you, I'll be like, "Hey, y'all, look, it's a good one." But y'all, can't, y'all, can't <laughs> it. y'all look, it's like how y'all say niggas ain't shit. Plenty of good ones out there. Yeah. It's it's like hey man, it's it's Black History Month. We shouldn't be making these divisions. We all one people, man. We all, yes. one people. especially <laughs> our Black folks. Don't let, don't do that. It's the second Thank half of Black History Month. It's look, it's I like, it's like, it's like your family thing. That first two weeks, let somebody else talk about y'all. It's like that. Hey, like, the first two weeks of Black History Month, it was like, all about, you know, <laughs> unity. We are one. These second two weeks, we getting ready to go to March. I you know what? He's like, look, yeah. it's fizzling out. Yeah. It's starting to fizzle out. It went from in the it went from out in the field to in the house to we getting to our freedom. And now I'm going to speak my mind. Yeah. But look, before we even dive into our random topics for the night, y'all know we got to get our wonderful driving tips mm-hmm. of the month from attorney. Roger White. Well, I don't have any driving tips, but I will talk about if you get into a wreck with a light-skinned woman, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it is bound to happen because she got mad about something and moved a steering wheel. Right. Uh, you know Turn the car off while you still drive. I'm not even I'm not even going to try. That was a joke. I'm not even going to try and follow that up, okay? <laughs> I'm going to begin with people are people, okay? Good and bad. And all skin colors, they are, and they're all the same, okay? Now, we, I'm not, I don't want to talk about driving tips today, but I will very briefly talk about if you are in an accident, a lot of people think that if I'm in an accident, it's somebody else's fault, I can represent myself, right? I can go, I can call the insurance company and I can try and settle my case and then I get to keep all the money. And that's just really not the way it works, okay? One, if you really think about it, right? 
I can't go on some say, so you, uh, you, uh, you brothers teach school, right? I've never been a school teacher, right? I can't walk into your classroom tomorrow and do your job as good as you can do it, right? Because I don't have that training. I don't have that experience. I'm not able to identify issues. I'm not able to produce good results because I'm not a school teacher. What makes people think that just because they in a wreck on, on, on any given Tuesday, they can wake up on Wednesday morning and be a lawyer and produce a good result, right? So that's what these insurance companies want, right? They want for us to try to represent ourselves, right? So that way they can take a wreck that should be $100,000 and turn it into a three or $4,000 wreck, right? That way they get to keep all their money. And that is very prevalent in the African-American community, right? So the point of it is, just like I can't go on your job and do as good a job as you can tomorrow, you can't come in and do what I've been doing for 20 years and produce those same results, right? Now, I, so I say whether you hire me or you hire somebody else, call some lawyer. Because when we get injured, especially in the African-American community, we're, 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 we're work where some, a lot of us are single mothers and we're working fathers. And those injuries have an impact, not just on us, but on our families, right? So we need to get real settlement value for our wrecks. We need to be treated fairly. And, and, and when, you, when you're talking about personal injury, justice and fairness deals about how much money, because that's all the law can do for you is compensate you for your injuries. They can't make you well. They can't, the law can't undo the wreck. All the law can do is compensate you for your injuries. And we need as much, and we need, and we need fairness and justice in our personal injury settlements the same way everybody else does. So I say all that to say, don't try and represent yourself. Uh, 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 whether you have, if you're, if you're injured in an automobile accident or any kind of accident, whether you call me or you call some other lawyer, call a lawyer. So, so Roderick, I have a question. Like, while and while we got you on, uh, if if someone's in a car accident, could you kind of give them like the the play by play accident? Obviously, you you either you know coherent or non coherent. What what's the what's the first thing someone should do after an accident happens? Well, obviously, the first thing you do is make sure everybody's okay, right? And okay is a different thing. If you need to call the ambulance, you call the ambulance. Call nine one one. I say call 911 after every accident, right? Because the police will be there to help everybody and get the medical treatment that they need. They'll be there to make sure the situation remains calm. They will also document the accident, right? Document where it happened, who was involved. So that if there's ever any dispute about the about the liability or who's at fault, you have someone who's documenting names, addresses, phone numbers, insurance information, right? So start with call the police, get them, and they will help you get the medical help that you that, that anyone needs to document the, the, the accident, document where it happened, take pictures of everybody's car, right? Because a lot of times how the damage occurs to both vehicles te tells you a lot about what happened in the wreck and whose fault it might have been, right? So you want to document that. If the police aren't called, you want to document uh, the car that was in the vehicle, insurance information, driver's license information, because so many times your people will get into a wreck and then they will turn around and claim they were never in a wreck. And when you call their insurance company, they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. Right. So real short, the good question, but real short, 
uh, call the police after every accident. They will help you get the medical treatment that, that, that anybody needs. They will make sure the situation remains calm. They will document, help to document what happened in the wreck and who was involved in the wreck. If the police aren't called, you got to do some documenting yourself. Take pictures of both vehicles, take pictures of insurance information, take pictures of driver's license, take pictures of surrounding areas, right? Then after you do all that, if there's any dispute, um, um, call a lawyer because he will help you, he or she will help you get the settlement, that, that the financial settlement and justice that you deserve. So when, when we, and this is the last question I have on it, that when, when we're talking financial settlement based on, you know, injury, what if someone is okay? You know, like I'm okay. I, I might just have whiplash or something or, uh, what what would be the the recommendation from an attorney to someone who has a minor injury, if not an injury at all? Well, first of all, whiplash is an injury, and if if if, if I if I hurt somebody in a car wreck, right? If I'm driving and I'm messing around on my cell phone and I plow into somebody, right? It's not just whether or not you're dead or you're paralyzed, right? That whiplash, that 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 pain that you're going to have in your neck and your back for weeks and months at a time, right? That is just because you're not in the hospital doesn't mean you're not injured, right? So when you're hurt, when you have whiplash, you can't pick up your kids. You can't play basketball with your kids. You have less focus at work. You And, and sometimes if you're an entrepreneur or you have big things going on, you're losing focus, right? So for example, how much is worth how much you get you're in a wreck you're in the you get a uh, and you you get hurt and you have whiplash but you wanted to go play basketball with your son on the weekend right how much is that worth right so it's not just about whether or not you're in the hospital whiplash is a real injury and that pain and suffering you have from whatever injury you have causes loss of focus and the only thing the law can do is compensate you for that pain, suffering, those lost wages, and that missed opportunity with your family and things of that nature. So I say um, the, 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 the real short answer to your question, even if, you believe, even if you think you only have a minor injury, you still need to go get checked out, right? Because I'm, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a school teacher. I can't tell you who's, if you're hurt or not. Only the doctors can tell you that, right? So you want to go get checked out. Make sure you're okay. A lot of times with whiplash, with the uh, with the adrenaline after a traumatic event, which is a car a car accident almost always is a traumatic event. So much adrenaline is piping through your body, you don't that whiplash doesn't kick in for about 24 to 48 hours. So when you're talking about I'm not hurt, I'm not hurt. Give it about 24 to 48 hours. You're going to be hurt. You're going to be less focused at work. You're not going to be able to interact with your kids and your family the way you want to or the way you were before the wreck. And that is injury. That is personal injury. It might not be a million dollar case, but you're entitled to justice and compensation for when you hurt anybody. Okay, Thank you, sir. Thank I, got, you. I got a quick question. Yes. Say, so as far as reaching out to a lawyer, say you don't do it initially, you try to reach out, you know, try to handle you know, whatever your responsibilities with that. And you get a number back that you feel like isn't, you know, making sense to you. Is it too late at that point to reach out to a lawyer to kind of deal with the insurance companies or do you just push forward? It's best to reach out to a lawyer immediately after an automobile accident, right? Because it's, it, it's, 
In that scenario, we're able to document, we're able to more quickly document what happened in the wreck and set you up with medical treatment that will not only help you get better, but it will also help document your pain and suffering in a way that'll make insurance company want to give you some money, right? Because, you know, gone are the days of uh, my, my, uh, I'm hurt, give me $25,000. It don't work like that anymore. You know what I mean? You've got to document your pain, your suffering, your injuries, your medical diagnosis in a way that will make you, will make an insurance company want to give us some money, right? So you want to, you, you want to call a lawyer immediately after this because you want to document what happened in the wreck, whose fault it was, and you want to get set up with appropriate medical accident injury medical treatment so that you can document your pain and suffering in a way that will make an insurance company want to give us some real money. Okay. Okay. I, I rocks with that. I mean, that make a lot of more sense, though, because so much can happen in between that time. Yeah. You know, get that, that documentation is everything. Like, pretty much, really, anything we're reporting. Like, yep. that, that, the first 24, 48 hours is crucial for that. And it's so much can be misconstrued in that time that you can mess around and not get nothing. And now you just asked out altogether. And that's what insurance companies want, especially in our community, right? They want to, they want for you to not call a lawyer, string you along for three or four weeks, say, I'll give you five, $600 and send you on out your way. When that wreck was probably worth 35 or $40,000, they got off the hook by giving us seven, $800. But that don't happen. That, that primarily happens in our community. It don't happen in other in other in, in other communities, right? So that that's the catch. Reach out for a professional as quickly as you can, right? You want you want professionals teaching your kids. You want professionals handling your legal matters as well. I feel that y'all heard it first right there from Attorney Roderick White. So we actually gonna dive into a quick before we go to a little small commercial break. We got to holler at the past master. He got something for us right quick. We're going to dive into that. Hey, man, y'all know the past master got to give us a little sports update. Uh, today's a big day for St. Louis, man. It's a big day for St. Louis. It, it, uh, if you're any type of football fan here in St. Louis, no, we're not getting a new team or nothing like that, but we technically are. Um, we finally have a Division One football team in St. Louis. Well, technically St. Charles, but right here in the metro area, the Lindenwood University Lions announced today that they're going from Division Two to the Division One FCS level. So they'll play – they're in the same level with Jackson State and all these schools behind me. They'll be in the same level with them. And they're actually in the Ohio Valley Conference. That's the conference they'll go to. And they'll get to play my alma mater, Tennessee State University, as long as TSU stays in the conference. They'll be able to play them. So we very well could see Tennessee State coming here every other year to play Lindenwood, which would be dope for alums like myself. But it's big because, one, it'll help our, our, our young men because St. Louis not being such a major market and football being such a big thing here. And we got kids in the last probably three or four years who have went to the league. And, hell, the number one rec- receiver in the draft right now is St. Louis made, right, right out of Cardinal River High School. Uh, Ronnie Perkins out of uh, Luther North is in the league, with, came out of Oklahoma last year. So the fact that Lindenwood being Division One FCS, it's gonna get more kids in the area, more looks for Division One football talent. So shout out to the Lindenwood University Lions. I am gonna say that looking at their, uh, I looked at their announcement on Channel Five today, and uh, kind of shocked me 
half the black half the football team is black, half the basketball team is black, but they had nothing but white administrators. Yeah, so, I mean, look, Lincoln. Yeah, Lincoln got a white president. Yeah, so, but but Lincoln. You know, the thing is, mostly been at Lincoln for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. And, and and Lincoln having a uh, Lincoln having multiple presidents over the years, but to have a school that has black kids on your team and you can't have not one, like it would. Like I think the closest the closest they got to a black administrator is a uh, a coach. Y'all, my wife is being silly right now. Y'all can't see it, but she's literally in front of me trying to trying to dance like it's 1997. I don't know what's going on. It's it's the snow with cabin fever already. Crack is real, um, <laughs> you know, because clearly she's lost her mind. It's a pookie out, right? You know, but uh, but yeah, that was my one thing, man. And shout out to St. Louis. Shout out to St. Louis because that's gonna put us on the map. So I see you talking about it earlier. So do you think? I don't know who's all in that division. I ain't a real big football person. I know you a college football fanatic. So I mean, do you think like I know you said TSU was in that division? Like, mm-hmm. do you think they gonna come up here, or is it a game where Lindenwood gonna go down there? Probably. So what what'll happen is Lindenwood is transitioning, so it's gonna take them a year or two. But they they joined the conference this fall, and TSU is still in the conference. So right now, the schedule could very well be that if the luck of the draw, TSU would come to St. Louis this fall. That'd be um, and which would which would be dope. I, I I would definitely think that would be dope. But it's really the luck of the draw. Knowing how typically this would work when when a school transitions like this, they'll probably say, "Hey, Lindawood got a nice stadium, but TSU might want to play them inside of the NFL stadium." So I mean, that's, might, that's a know. good opportunity for Lindawood, though. Exactly. Something they would have never saw no way. Exactly. So what I'm what I'm leaning more to it was the domino effect this might have. Shout out to Lincoln University. Uh, got a chance to talk, uh, tap in with B. Ken, um, and tap in. Well, hopefully, uh, shout out to my fr- my frat brother Rashad Sullivan, whose son uh, committed to play to Lincoln this fall. I hope that you know Lincoln leaves the conference they in and takes Lindenwood space because those two conferences, that, those two teams actually switched a couple years ago. Lindenwood left the conference they're in, and Lincoln was in Lindenwood's conference, and, and they swapped. And so now, with Lindenwood gone, maybe Lincoln could go back and not. Go defeat it. Yeah, yeah, we ain't going to win. We'll win the fight. We ain't going to win the game. Yeah. They get at us at halftime. We kick us mass. Right. We got we got some hopes, y'all. But look, we're going to go on a quick, quick, quick music video break. And then we got to holler at our special guest, Vanna. We got a good dialogue going to come from the knowledge she's going to drop today. So as always, man, this is episode 108 of Ethnic-ish and more big Jeez day and give me one second and see what random video I'm gonna pick to play. Can you read? It's a ethnic issue more TV. This goes out to my heavenly father. My father, I can do this for hours Sit and talk to you for hours I wanna give you your flowers Take a holy shower You're the only source of power When I'm close, I'm feeling power Ooh, when you do what you do 
I'm inspired You give me superpowers Heaven is ours Gentle with me like a flower Had me higher than a tower Paid it all, now you my voucher I could talk to you for hours I can do that for hours And hours and hours I can do that for hours And hours and hours I can do that for hours And hours and hours I can do that for hours And hours and hours Dance with me like a flower I can talk to you for hours Oh Lord The mic and the boot, talking shit with the proof. Put my brain to some use. Coming up, yes indeed. Your problems I don't need. Stay humble is the creed. My nigga super T. The way my pockets sit out, I be damned if I sleep in. Don't let my money work me. I'm busy on the weekend. Heavy load on my chest. Can't think about no rest. Life gon' get you a test. Don't focus on no stress because I'm the first one up, the last one sleep. First one up, the last one sleep. The first one up, the last one sleep. Early bird, get the word you can't eat if you sleep. The first one up, the last one sleep. The first one up, the last one sleep. The first one up, the last one sleep. I've been super tea, I've been up for like a week. Damn, Loki, whole life a movie, but it ain't no acting. Keeping everything a hundred all up in my action. When it comes to ambition, gotta complete my mission. Blind to the phony niggas, I see some new vision. Money call lead the state, I'm just trying to be great. Just so I know all that hate, make sure your pocket's straight. Feeling energy, so watch how you come at me. What goes around, come around. If you know, know that you gon' see. Bitch, the first one up, the last one sleep. The first one up, the last one sleep. The 
first one up the last one sleep early bird get the word you can't eat if you sleep hey. the first one up the last one sleep the first one up the last one sleep the first one up the last one sleep i've been super tea i've been up for like a week damn Episode, episode 108 of Epic Is Your More Big Jizz Day. And for those who weren't here, we saying happy birthday to Big Jizz, your motherfucking favorite, everything. I done ran out of Nick here. Um, I'm going to have to go replenish in a minute. But before I take that nice walk upstairs, we got to holler at our wonderful guest. Now, how this came about. It was random. I received a random message like, hey, I need to talk to you about something, you know, some some business stuff. And I'm like, yeah, give me a call when you're free. I'll be working at the crib editing. We chopped it on the phone. I love talking with like-minded people because our the conversations always go longer and it always come with people just pushing each other to do work, get out here, do their work, whatever we can do. That's my whole goal every time. I'm out here trying to do some networking. Like networking is your biggest thing. It really goes with that saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. There's plenty of people in this world making major moves that don't know a lick of shit. But either they know the right people or their family know the right people or their family's family know the right people. And to get them in rooms, spaces, and places that you knowing everything you're supposed to still couldn't walk in. So we got our wonderful guest, Banner. She is the host of the Hood Talks podcast. So we got to run our claps back to her. But I mean, before you, I even let you just, because this one is her, we gonna, we really going to chime in. It's not even more so, it'll, it'll piggyback maybe into an interview, but she has some good stuff that I felt like it was good to talk about. We already said we were really trying to, uh, we were going to talk about black economics a little bit. In that last episode of the month. So this is a good segue into that. So Vanna, I'm gonna let you take the floor and do your thing. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, all of that, all of what you said. I am learning that social capital is the thing, okay? Um, but I'm all about the community and specifically black community. So I know um in our communities. Right now, we really don't trust the government. You know, we got our ill feelings about politics and all that. I get it because I'm right there with y'all. But at the end of the day, I do feel like we still have to find a way to tap in. And right now, I have partnered with an organization called Evolve. Shout out to Kelly McGowan. And we have what we call a closed mouths don't get fed campaign. What is that? Let me tell y'all. North County, but not just North County, but this is our campaign is specifically around North County, has money here right now. They got the money from ARPA. ARPA is America's Rescue Plan Act. It came from the federal level. Joe Biden 
You know, he put out all this, what, the trillion dollar point one nine point a lot of money, trillion dollars he put out there, right? And St. Louis County got some of that, along with all these other different municipalities. Shout out to Ferguson. They got some money. What they did was they talked to their, um, because I'm from Ferguson, for those who don't know, uh, I live in Ferguson. They they, they they hollered at us, like, hey, what do y'all want to see done with this money? Shout out to Delwood, their mayor. They He tapped in to give them some of that money. So Shout out to him. <laughs> so there are different municipalities that have money, but St. Louis County specifically has 193 million, right? They spent 100 million already. Shade, I'm shading on that. I'm shading trolley, that damn trolley. They, they, they done spent some of that already, but they have 93 million left. And I recently, and shout out to again, Evolve, we've been really pushing for them to be more engaged with the community and asking what the community wants done with this money because the money is for specifically for communities that have been more hit with the pandemic. And y'all know North County, that urban communities, that's been us. So y'all need to, St. Louis County should be engaging with us about what we want. So all of that to say, there is a survey coming out. They're bringing out a survey. They want now to hear from us. And so me and, again, the efforts from Evolve, shout out to the team, we're trying to push this so we can tell people what ARPA is. And also when they release this survey, which from my understanding hits Friday, when they release this, we're going to be out here in the streets. We're talking about getting a party bus, pulling up on some clubs. We, But we're pulling up because we want y'all to fill out this survey. We want y'all to be heard. And we're trying to do all the different things to tap in for our communities to tap in so we can get this money. How, 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 how uh, well, like what age group can do the survey? So from, from my understanding right now, we're trying to ask that. So let me tell y'all something. Working with St. Louis County, first of all, y'all know they're going to create barriers because they really don't want us to be engaged anyway. Mm -hmm. They'd rather not even do the survey. They wasn't going to try to do the survey, right? They don't They don't really want us to be engaged. So they're going to try to prevent, or they're going to try to put all these different barriers for us not to really tap in. Because I don't even like how the survey is. I don't think it's user-friendly. User but I'm working with what, I, what we can get. And so we're trying to figure that out, too. Like, can we get some students in on this? Because we want to tap into the schools. We want to pull up at the schools, like, you know, yeah. 16, 17 year olds come fill this out. So we're trying to gather all of that information, which, again, they're making it really hard because they are dropping it Friday. And they're trying to talk about only getting it, giving us a month. So that's another thing. Like, we trying to get people to raise their voices about how y'all, the St. Louis County needs to be more engaged with, with the community, with our people. Um so it is really a barrier, but we're trying to, to use what we got to really get people more engaged because we, it's just, it has to, our communities are lacking too much and they got the money now to pour back into our communities and for right. them to lose it without even, go ahead. So it is, this is sol solely for St. Louis County, correct? This is St. Louis County. This one, yes. Other municipalities does have their own money, but the ones that we're talking about, this campaign is strictly for St. Louis County. Yes. So my my suggestion, I especially with a month, I would tap into some of these organizations that are rooted in, in North in North County. We're doing that too. Um yep. I, I definitely can pass you information to uh 
I know the members of Zeta Phi Beta have a chapter that's based in Florissant. Okay. Um, the Prince Hall, I, myself and Nico are both Prince Hall Masons. Our fifth district, uh, which is St. Louis County, has a lodge just that's housed in Jennings. Okay. You know, uh, and so we can definitely get you tapped in with them to kind okay. of help giving that uh. Yeah, that that foot those, those soldiers in terms so of young. We need the young people. I got a question. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a two part because I, I missed some of it. Go ahead. As far as what is the potential of what some of that money is for, and is it all just in person hand surveys, or are there electronic surveys that people can take as well? So there will be a, a link. Um, <laughs> So we've pushed for them to do multiple. So there will be a link that we can share via Facebook, Instagram, all the social media sites and all of that. Um, but we also know there are some people that's not that tapped into social media like a lot of us. So we're like, okay, we're going to print some and try to get here on the uh, on the grounds. Um, and you said, what is the money can be used like, for? Yeah, like what are the, I guess, what can it be allocated towards within the county? So they have three like separate buckets. Um so, like, addressing uh, economic issues, negative economic issues, like maybe businesses that's been impacted by COVID, that's one way. Um, improving um, improving things like the water, sewer, broadband infrastructures, things like that, and supporting public health. So, I mean, it's three buckets that they have, but I feel like and if you – do like it's, it's uh, I should have um sent y'all a link, but if you look at what other states have done, I feel like they could really pivot it to the to to use it in a sense, like they could use it for anything if they could pivot it around the pandemic. So it, they're giving three buckets, but I think it could be more than that. Um, so like I know things like child care was one that they was talking about addressing, and the survey would have all of these different um. They called it like important points that people want to see done. So it has a lot of a list of those things and saying like, which more is important to you? Blah, 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 blah. Um, so it is going to have those buckets, but I think they really could pivot it to any. Like I said, shout out to the Dalewood um, mayor from what I hear. He's giving his people money to help fix on their houses. Um, I know shout out to uh, the city, to Shora. She gave people money to um, for who have been impacted by COVID. That she was giving them checks. I think like five hundred dollars. So if if you if y'all feel like we need in the county need for them to be giving some people some money who was impacted by COVID, we need to put that out there. Like, hey, give give us some money. We lost some uh stuff. We lost some hours. We lost our job. I'm impacted, so I'm impacted. okay. You might want to cut a check. Cut, 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 cut. But in, in in all of all, too, like even some areas in the county, y'all. When we talking about broadband and internet, some people don't even have proper internet service. Yeah. So and they can use that to help. Yeah, or make it cheaper or more accessible, especially when you're talking about schools online and stuff like that now. So I think there's so much that they can do. With this money, I hate that they've already spent it half of it or majority. I hope half. they do right. I mean, I, I hope they do right more. because I hope they do like St. Louis is good for just allocating dumbass money stuff. Henceforth, that damn trolley uh, well, so, you know, that was wasted. You know, here, here's the thing with that, that trolley was definitely a fail. Like, whoever was in that room, may they all lose their jobs, but 
<laughs> but I think that with with all this money that we're getting from COVID relief and different type of federal programs to aid people, it it is you have to be very one selective what you use it for, and you have to be careful that it falls within the federal government spending plan. And yep. the government will come in and say, "Hey, this, this, and this is you know COVID impacted, or this is what can what it can be used for." And so, unfortunately, a lot of times, and I think where our people sometimes drop the ball is paying attention to if the money's not coming directly into their pocket, they feel like it's a fail. Exactly. Whereas, whereas if I go into the infrastructure and start fixing systemic issues, then I can make lives better, maybe not for you, but for your kids or your grandkids. And we are, a lot of times, especially uh, uh, people of color are a we want now type thing. Yes. Like JG Wentworth is literally like the, the favorite thing of most black people. We all we all call give me my money and I want it now. It's my money and I want it now. You yep. know what I'm saying? But yep. a lot and, I, and I'm sure Roderick would agree when, when just you get say like annuity, when you get things like annuity payments, when you start saying, Oh, well, you get somebody like JG Wentworth to come in and be like, Well, yeah, you can get a hundred K if you patient. But uh, I know you want it right now, so I'm gonna give you 20k today. And some people are just 100k tomorrow. Because yep. you, know, you see, it when you ask people those questions like, "Hey, if I would you want 2k today or 10k in three years?" And people are like, "Well, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna take the 2k because it's guaranteed." But I, if I'm not here in three years, that 10k still belong to me, so that might help my kids. Yes, you know what I'm saying. So we don't think long term. And it's like that with our credit. It's like that with our houses. You know, I it's like that it's with fantastic. tapping into these spaces of going out here and having our voices heard. Yeah. I mean, if our ancestors stopped fighting, if they stopped fighting, we wouldn't be where we are now. I yes, agree. it's not all that good. I agree. We got a whole lot of stuff going on. It's, but it's better than it was. Exactly. It's better than it was. And they fought and they kept fighting, even if they didn't see it at that time. They thought about us. Why can't we think about our next? And I'm a firm believer in this generation, the, the generation we all live in right now is the most disrespectful generation, period. Ooh. And the reason I say that is because there, it, there was a, a bunch of T-shirts that came out, you know, do, during Trump's first year. Mm. And people was like, you know, I ain't my ancestors. And I'm like, you're Why right. Wouldn't you, you, want could, to be? you couldn't hold a candle to them. <laughs> The level of fight and perseverance that our ancestors had, the the martyrs, the people who who died with nobody marching, nobody. like the, um, imagine the amount of families who had to bury somebody because somebody got lynched, and there was nothing they could do about it because the people who lynched the people was the people who was going to investigate. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And we sitting there, and we we've, we've become so disrespectful to the point we didn't even got. I, I, I was a firm believer when, when Black Lives Matter first kind of hit the hit the scene, I was one of the people that had to had to sit back and be like, hey y'all, how can I stand up and be like Black Lives Matter when I see this shit happen every day on the street? Yeah. Like, do it matter to us? I I was that and, and yes, there are systemic issues, and yes, that is the white people's favorite thing. Well, what about black on black crime? I hear that. Yeah. But until I start caring about my community. Until I start investing in my community, until I start shopping black on, you know, putting my money back in black hands, 
knowing that that money is going to recycle three or four times before it leaves our community. Until until we do that on a bigger scale, yeah. I'm no different than any oppressor we ever had. Yes, because I'm turning around and taking everything out of my community. Hence the reason when I talk when I talk to families about education, and they quick to take their black kids out of black black led and black run schools and black neighborhoods, and they be like, "Oh, well, I need to go out here to the white school." And the first thing they want to throw at me is diversity. Mm. And I'm like, you do realize that they only need you so they're not viewed as racist. They only need you so they can go ahead and take your son or your daughter and promote them as, hey, we have diversity, but your kid is the only black kid in their class. But hold up, wait a minute though. The impact, but we talk, what what they say, why they take them out because our schools aren't no good. Well, who are sitting in those school board meetings? Who are who are applying to be on them school boards? Exactly, and I, I tell people we should be doing that so Jay-Z we can know. Jay Z said it the best. Please don't die over a neighborhood that your mama's renting, because when I start looking at look at the the requirements to sit on a school board, you have to live there. You, you have to live own. there. Yeah, I know. I know. You know. And so when you start talking about the the fine, even and, and let's be real. If I go to Ferguson, if I go to Florissant, if I go to Berkeley, if I go to these neighborhoods and I say, hey, we're doing this survey, it's people who going to probably move out because they renting anyway. Right. You know, so if it, I would also suggest, I'm not sure if it's possible, but if there was a way to possibly go to St. Louis County and find out who the homeowners are. Because that's where the impact really will be made is the people who, who we permanent here. We stuck. Versus the people who are like, hey, I'm just flying through. And when my landlord gets tired of me or I can't pay my bills, then I'm up and out. And and, and those, I agree. I agree to a certain extent because mm-hmm. I know some people are staying or renting in homes and been mm-hmm. in their homes for over and I know there are some people that's going in and out, but I also mm-hmm. know that people rent because they can't afford to buy though. Right. Um, but some people do rent for a long period of time. And I just feel like no matter if you're there for three months, <laughs> four months, 10, 20 years, you still have a voice to be heard because you still impacted by that area. You still live there some way, somehow. You should be involved no matter what right, at the end right. of the day. But I get what you're saying. It's harder to be involved when you know this is just temporarily and tomorrow or next month you might be somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so I think we do have a lot of underlining issues that we have to address. And that's, again, why I kind of created my space. But I think this is also one important aspect of that that we have to try to tap into. For those who may not for those who are like more settled, because I, I have purchased my home in Ferguson and I'm here like I, I planned on staying. Uh, I was here before, you know, when Mike Brown, all that stuff went down. I was here still and I purchased my house three years ago because I'm like, I'm like you. We have to start owning and doing all these things that are important. But I also feel like we just got to this is one of the things that we have to tap to amongst all of the other stuff that we got to do as black people in our communities. And I'm with you. I just feel like it's not going to be an instant gratification overnight. It's definitely going to take years to us for us to see the impact, but I'm with you. Like, I don't see it for me. I see it for my, my babies. I got a three-year-old and a one-year-old. My hard work is I hope they don't have to deal with what I'm dealing with or what I did deal with. And it's a little bit easier for them. Um, and so if we can get that mindset, because I'm gonna put it out right now, I you know, 
uh, Nico and I have talked numerous times about different journeys and stuff that we're going to take, you know, as our lives continue. Well, once I get done with this classroom, and I'm telling y'all, I really only probably got like three more years. I want an even number. I want to, it's so much easier to say, oh, I retired after 20 years in the classroom. That's why I want to just say. So I got three more years to 20. But once I hit 20, if I retire, boy, Ferg Flow School Board, I'm coming for you. You should. You should. You. Because now, I, I, to me, it's about one, it's representation. That and part. The, the, the biggest problem in a lot of school boards, especially with this current critical race theory thing going through many white districts, is that they don't put, they put parents on the school board. That's cool. But you ain't got, not one of them have ever stepped foot in the classroom mm-hmm. and did anything. So I, I can, I'm a parent, but I'm also a, I'm also a teacher and I, I can explain. I've seen every aspect of this from teaching to admin. I've been admin. I've done it. It's cool. And shout out to you for being a um, black male teacher. I talked about that a lot on one of my, we've had a whole segment around uh, black uh, black mentorship, and we a lot of them were uh, teachers, black because we don't see enough of y'all. Shout out to you for that space. So right, um, I, I appreciate that's important. It, it, it's 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 important, but also to I also tell people it, it's not always because I I know plenty of black teachers who ain't shit. I'm gonna just be real with you. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know some black teachers who are collecting a check, you know. I agree. You know, it, but I, I'm one of those people who I feel like every student I've ever come in contact with, I let them know, like, hey, even if I ain't teach you, I hope I made just a conversation made an impact. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 simply my 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 goal. But you know, that that's just one of those things, man. We could we could talk for hours and days about how black, black educators and black leaders. Black men, you know, I had plenty of black women teachers growing up, but having a black male teacher, and, I, and I'm going to say this, and it, I hope it don't come out the wrong way, but having a black male teacher who was masculine in his, in his stance was key and important to me. Because having a, a, a black male teacher who doesn't necessarily display masculinity you know, it, there's an attack on masculinity in, in, in this day and time. Being a black masculine man is is you got double the thing. First, you black, and then you know, in this day, you you can't be strong. You can't be a man's man. You know what I'm saying? It's like so. My aspect is being able to put somebody put somebody in front of my kids. Like, hey, I got my flaws. I, I'm I'm divorced. I, I that first marriage was. All bad. I don't mind telling people I wasn't that great at, at the husband thing. It wasn't my real thing. But now I hope I can put something in front of like, hey, I'm a black man. I love my wife. I enjoy spending time with my wife. So that way, I, you know, I was at a party this past weekend. A, a chick came up to me, started dancing on me. I was like, whoa, you're going to get you going to get both of us fucked up. Got to cheer. You know what I'm saying? I hope that my students see like, hey, here's somebody who has this flaws, but it's somebody I can and I can look up to him and, and you know and, and 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 take some knowledge from. But it's just one of those things where not everybody has that. Like if I look, if I go back to my elementary school teachers and be like, Yeah, the 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 one black male elementary school teacher I had, I'm like, Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't take nothing from you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like and I'm just being real. I I, I for having been on this podcast for a while, SJ can tell you. 
not every black male person in a child in a in a school is a positive influence on a kid. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because that's what you put there to be. But hopefully, you know, that, think- that comes out that you that you doing what you're supposed to do to be the mentor that a child needs. And let me say this. I think what we don't have is enough people. I think they're there and they're they're around. No one is uplifting it enough. That's my thing. I don't feel like it's just uplifted enough. I feel like it is happening. I feel like there are some in a lot of spaces, but I do feel like they're just not uplifted enough. Um, and that's what we have to do. But I mean, it's also the dynamic of this is what right now in our community, kind of what we are wanting to see. Like we're falling into the line for the BS. Like we're diving into it and taking it all in. Um, so I think I think for for me, it's about how do we as black people hold ourselves accountable for like how we're showing up in spaces? Um, because I agree with you. No one is perfect. Nobody. I'm not. I'll be the first one to be like, sis, I ain't got it all together. I'm still on the healing journey. You know, I'm trying to process and, and, and grow all of that. But at the same time, I still can say something that I feel will be beneficial for somebody else and help my community. Because um, I don't think you should have to have it all together for you to be a um um someone that somebody looks up to because right now we got all our children looking up to the wrong damn people you hear me we they should be looking up to you because you're a regular not to say like you regular but that's why i love i love my everyday everyday person i love my everyday people that's what my tagline is the podcast for the everyday people because i I love people i i feel like when when we when students look up to not necessarily athletes, but let's say like rappers, especially yeah. rappers who like made it like real quick with no real hard journey. It's like to me, you set them up for fall. That that's why you have so many kids who be like, "Oh, I'm a rapper," and they put out one song and they think they didn't made it. Yeah, and I'm like, "Nah, bro, you ain't. You got to get on the journey." Like you got the work ethic. They'll be having a work exactly. ethic of being willing to tell. Like being an artist is. It's a lot of people even doing video work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people that's gonna have them critiques about it. And it's like, are you prepared? Are you prepared for somebody not to like the work that you put out, the art that you put out? Is that is that going to crush your spirits to make you not love this passion anymore? Or is it gonna make you take that feedback and be like, all right, cool. Well, let me show you what I got for the next time. Yep. And 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 learn how to take that criticism, mm-hmm. you know, soak it in, turn take whatever negative part out of it, and then you know, take the stuff that you really need. Apply that and turn it to fuel. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And, and and I, the best person that ever taught me that was a high school football coach that I had. And and my high school coach told me, he said, "I'm gonna tell you right now." He said, "You ain't gonna make it in college ball." And I thought I was pretty damn good in high school. He's like, "You ain't gonna make it in college ball. You undersized. You ain't going nowhere." Mm-hmm. My whole goal was I'm gonna take that and motivate myself with it. It did. He was right. But what it also did was make me focus on what I'm gonna do outside once once I gotta put the pads up. You talked about you know that. that. It, when, when you when you get to that point, sometimes the critique is real is real talk. But mm-hmm. that truth, look, the best thing, the truth hurts. When somebody exactly. we'll take somebody giving us the blunt truth and take it as, oh man, you a hater. You don't really care about me. When it's like, nah, bro, I'm trying to save you the headache, hassle, and embarrassment of either doing something that you'll need to be doing, especially with sports, or completely hurting yourself to the point where now you ain't even capable to take care of yourself. 
It's like, yeah, if you know you got the talent to do that, work hard. And that's kind of something. And it, I ain't going to say it's always something you notice at an early age because there's some people that don't start playing like basketball until they got to like 16, 17. And then they just so happen to realize they was good at that shit and can take it to the next level. But you can usually tell sports like football. And so like, hey, are you really dedicated to doing it? It's not too many kids that's going to get up for five o'clock in the morning in the summertime, go to practice two days out the week. It's not too many kids that's going to be able to take them that whole school day, go to practice, watch film, do all that, get up early just to do it all over again. So it's that critique of somebody telling you like, hey, you're not the greatest at that, but you're you smart, bro. Like you're intelligent. Don't let the L of not being able to play football, which really sometimes ain't an L. It could be a blessing in your life. It's a passion that you knew nothing about that elevated you to newer heights. And had you had your mind stuck in that set where it was like, football is my be all. Then now think about all the kids over the past 17 years that wouldn't have been impacted because you didn't, you didn't realize to pivot yourself to something that was going to truly take heed of your talents. Hey man, I, I t- go, uh, right. Roderick, you, uh, you on mute. You're on mute, Rod. Oh, my bad. Well, you know, what you said, you know, uh, uh, earlier about we're not lifting up the right people and we're not lifting up the right things. And But in the African-American community, I think we lift up so many unimportant things. We lift up so, so much of the African-American community, so much of the identity of the young African-American male is wrapped up around athletics and wrapped up around, I'm going to be a rapper, I'm going to be a whatever. The reality of it is the odds of you becoming a great athlete are slim to none. The odds of you becoming a great teacher are great. The odds of you becoming an engineer, a lawyer, lawyer. those things are great. But we make the wrong things important. So in Texas, where I'm from, three boys get get a scholarship to play football, they shut down the whole school on National Signing Day. Yep. They bring in 3,000 kids into the gym to watch three boys sign a letter to go play football at some little junior college, right? Yep. But now you got five kids that made a perfect score on the SAT. Yes. And you never, we don't uplift those kids. Well, I got we don't I uplift got, those kids. The, 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 the only reason I got to disagree just a little bit right there, because there is the time for those kids. So, like, when we do athletes, and we do it here, signing day is a big deal. I, I've seen it. But the day for that kid with the ACT and the SAT score or the scholarship money is commencement or graduation. Because at, at graduation, every kid, so-and-so scholarship is na- is listed in there. Boom. So-and-so is getting all I'm not just talking – I'm just not talking about the day of the – recognition Mm -hmm. i'm talking about how we value 18 years worth of that kid's work right Mm -hmm. so what we're doing is we're taking these kids it's 55 boys on a football team Mm -hmm. only three of them get scholarships but all 55 of them from the time they were eight years old started identifying themselves as football players what if we put an equal amount of identification into our black boys as not football? Yes. I'm a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a scientist. I'm going to be a whatever, right? Yes. But we put so much into football. And trust me, I'm a former college athlete. 
Okay. And, and, and I got identified when I was about eight, nine, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I was a quarterback. I was a basketball player. And what, and I turned out to be a lawyer. But what if I had not identified myself as an athlete from eight to 18? What if I had identified myself as a lawyer, a scientist, or whatever from eight to 18, right? And too many of us are only identified as athletes and rappers. Yep. And that's not the white man doing that to us. Oh, it's us. Doing that it's to us. us. When I made a great score on my SAT, no one gave a damn. Mm. But when I scored a touchdown, my uncles took off work. Or when I could dunk a basketball, they took off work and drove all the way in from California to see me play in the state basketball tournament. But I made an A in my chemistry class and didn't nobody come in for that. That's us screwing us. Well, I think that's that's school that's school screwing the system, and and we all know from the highest levels that athletics, uh, like my wife said on there, athletics is always put over academics because it's a financial thing. There's a financial piece. The the with research institutions, every college is a research institution. Hence the reason high schools are. And yeah. that's where, and that's where, by the time, by the time the kids get to college, they are what they are. Yeah, but even, but think and about those kids, and those kids that spend their entire life from seven to eighteen wanting to be nothing but a football player, they can't catch up with me because yeah. I spent because those other kids spent from eight to twenty-five getting ready to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. They spent from uh, our boys could read a two-three zone. They can read whether it's man coverage or, or, or zone coverage, but they're not ready for college. And, 95, and 99% of the boys that play high school basketball will not get a scholarship. I agree. 99% I agree. will not get a scholarship. But, we, but, but that's the entire existence of the African-American community in high school with regard yep. to black boys. Yep. If he can score a touchdown, one, he going to get a pretty girl. Two, his uncle's going to take off work and drive <laughs> in from California to see him catch a football. Yep. And but if he scores an A on a chemistry test, it's irrelevant. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and then we wonder why our boys don't take important things important. Yep. I'm a, I'm a former college athlete, and it was the worst decision I ever made in my life. Mm. It was, a, And I got a free college education. And it was not working. Mm. The opportunity cost of being a college athlete, I personally don't believe it's worth it mm. because of what you give up. You give up the ability to be a college student and bond with your peers. I went to mm. college with people that are running the state of Louisiana, but I did not know them because I spent all my time in the gym and in the weight room and traveling. Right. I missed that opportunity. That, that I have a lot of teammates. I have a lot of great. I have a lot of teammates, and we had great times at parties. And they're all driving trucks and selling insurance. And there's nothing wrong with that, except if you should have done something more. Yeah, I was gonna say there's never community something more than a three point shot. And I but believe I, our boys owe us something more than a touchdown. Mm. 
Mm. And not only that, I feel like we owe our boys something more. Like me and my son was just talking about it. It's a little boy. They went to elementary school together, all of that. Now they're at the school together. All he's ever been is a basketball player. He's never, ever been anything else. He does not have the grades to do anything when high school is over. That's it for him. He's not he eligible he for a JUCO. And he cannot catch up to he's those not, kids he, who have been preparing to be engineers. Yes, like it's, it's literally when they graduate, he just going to go get a job. Like that he's not going to, he's not even eligible for a community college. That's all he has ever, ever, ever been. And it's like the sad reality, you know, we were talking about like, you know, just stuff with kids and, you know, don't worry about it because this is where you're going and you won't know these people, you know, in six months because they won't go there. And as we were going down this list to really think about it, like this is all anybody has ever, nobody's ever believed in this kid in any other fashion. Mm. Besides you a basketball player. And now when that's over, it's almost like he probably how, does he even, how does he even process that? He He's never crushed. done anything but play basketball. Now what does he do? His spirit is crushed. No, it it is. Is. Yeah, that I, I'm gonna say hundred percent. That's the adults' fault. We go into our kids to, to give them more than job. just that. They mama took it as they way up. To go that watch that part, Nico. That them part. parents, them kids, them parents that take it as their way out, yes. or you got the parent that's trying to live through their kid yes. to do that shit. Them the ones that make it bad because you trying to if you bank all your financial success potentially on the growth of your child in sports because you notice it at a young age and then he get to 18, 19 and that shit do not pan out the way you think it is and now he got to live a regular life with no real life skills because all he wanted to do was hoop because that's what you instilled that hooping is the way we going to get out of all of this. Yep. You're going to have to be the one to do it versus me get my shit together and help you have, give you more options because if you can hoop, hoop, but still let a motherfucker know like, hey, you still need to focus on your school shit just as I much. Say, you gotta have a plan if B. Don't work out. You need to have that other option. I would say your plan, your eight eight point two, because it's like shit. This it's only four hundred and fifty people at a time that plays in the NBA. Mm. So you can't put your four hundred and fifty people at a time. Think about how many leave the league every year. It ain't that many people leave the league and drafted. Only the only guaranteed people is one through thirty. Mm-hmm. Two through sixty ain't guaranteed, so you got to have enough. That conversation that you're having is astronomical, right? We 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 have that conversation too much in the African American community, right? That's like sitting around saying, "Well, I'm gonna base I'm gonna base from eight to eighteen on whether or not I win the lottery." You got a better chance of winning the lottery than you do making the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having that conversation, it, it means our entire community, we're making unimportant things yes. too important. Yep. It's, it's athletic be completely unimportant. I, these, these, these white kids I played basketball and football with, athletics was unimportant to them. It was just something that they did in between chemistry and trigonometry. It was our existence. Mm. If I had spent half the time, no, I take that back. If I had spent twenty percent of the time studying that I plan, that I spent playing football and basketball, I would have mm. went to Harvard. Mm. 
The world don't need another old fat former former low level mm. college football player. Do, do do our community really need another fifty no. three year old division no. two former division two college football player? No. Al Bundy story. We don't need one. We, we need more business. lawyers and judges. You know, you know, to sit up there and make some decisions on, or we need some more in these po political positions to make some changes to these policies. What's crazy, crazy is I, I really, I really hope that parents understand your child being successful in something like outside of athletics is okay. That summer program where you like, well, do I send them to AAU or do I send him to the enrichment program? If you know your child reading two grades behind, you know, I, I, I show my students a documentary every year called School, The Price of College Sports. And in this documentary, it breaks down so many things about the, the negative side of college athletics. And it talks about how these different schools have gotten away with academic scandals or the term student athlete. If you think about it, look at a college basketball player. If, you're, if your school wins a national championship in basketball, you miss a month and a half of school between the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. No, you're, not going, you're not going back to – you're not – if you go to Duke, you're not going back to North Carolina to go to class and then traveling back to Chicago to play in the tournament. You in the, you in the hotel practicing all day. And so and – the, and the universities will go and say, hey, he's an athlete. These certain assignments aren't meant for him. And, and so – the level of, I saw it. I, I literally, I work at an HBCU here in St. Louis. Obviously, if y'all from St. Louis, I know we only got one HBCU. But I saw an athlete who was a certified baller, averaging 40 points a game. But his one handicap from the time he was in high school to even to that college experience was grades. And we don't put the emphasis on the fact that you should see how my students come to me and be like, I need to pass your class or I'm ineligible. And I'll be like, oh, it sounds like you're going to be sitting next to me this fall. Yeah, I do. Because at, the, at this point, if you didn't care in August or in January, oh, I don't care come time for you to suit up. It sounds like you want to sit next to me. You could take stats. Because clearly you need to be better with the numbers. Look, yeah, I know this shit for a fact. I mean, I graduated in 07, which was the same year D. Rose was playing at Simeon. Mm -hmm. And you see his, the, the year Memphis went as far as they did and whatever accolades they got, all of it got wiped away because they found out the scandal that he didn't take his ACT test. Because Derrick Rose is, Derrick Rose is a guaranteed number one pick in high school. Mm -hmm. He only went to college because they forced the rule. And so he couldn't do that school worship was it was like we're not even finna make him worry about this. He only going to college because he got to. Him missing all classes was another board because it was like shit. I'm Gary, as long as I don't get hurt, I'm going number one in the NBA draft. No, no, no more than number two. Mm. And then it come years after the fact that he never took his ACT test. They had to snatch all of them records and accolades for it because they just rather would pass you along. But you know, it was unfortunate. What's unfortunate with that is that he didn't have to. He, you know, there's an accountability factor too. He knew he knew what story, what lies he had to tell. Yeah. And there's an account accountability factor that the adults let him down, 
but he also let him he also let himself down. And we kind of got to stop absolving the 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 blame when it comes to certain decisions that certain kids make. You know, I I, I know for a fact that there was something that happened here in St. Louis what two seasons ago, where where a school played an ineligible player. That kid knew what he was doing when he put that jersey on. Mm. When he knew he was wearing a different number so he could play in this game. What what whatever whatever decisions went into that, that's solely on him. And and everybody's like, oh, well, it's the coaches. Yeah, but ain't no way in hell that I can sit there and say, you know what? This kid wasn't at fault too. Cause it yeah, the coach the coaches were, had to take whatever part they took in it. But the kid had something to do with it too, and the parents. Knew the kids know. There was a lot of people that knew about these things, and, and, and we just gotta we like like Roger said, we gotta start emphasizing some more some things that are. I'm not gonna call them safe. I'm gonna call them necessities, because you always gonna need teachers. You always gonna need lawyers, especially ones that look like you. Yeah. So why not be that person to to help? I haven't attended the HBCU. You should see how many people go to black colleges and see black excellence that are majority of the time at a black college the athletes are the ones we don't care about right. they're they not winning national championships they're not getting these millions of dollars majority of them not going to the league so they there because the love of the game but majority of them are, are also going there to get degrees that in something they can actually do you know they're not just getting pe degrees and be like oh well I, if i can't do nothing else i'll teach yeah. you know so I, I we've been talking for a little minute, Nico. I I think it's time for a random topic. A little random topic. Let's. Well, can I say this one thing? Um, yeah. again, y'all, for this survey, it, it will be pushing effort. So, if anybody is in St. Louis County, go check out Evolve Three One Four, um, or you can hit me up at the Hood Talks with the DA uh, at gmail.com because again, we are really trying to push this effort around this ARPA funding, and we need our folks to tap in. So we can get this, hopefully get this money and impact our communities. That's the goal. You heard that. We got to make it happen, y'all. So we're going to dive a little bit, a couple of these random topics we're going to run through. I don't know if all y'all know about them or not. First one, it's a documentary on Netflix. Kanye West called Genius. Spelled very weird. But. I don't know if any of y'all have seen it. I watched the first part. It's a three-part trilogy. It's going to have three long, they like hour and a half episodes. But it's dope because, one, I'm being from, I'm from the Chicagoland area, Aurora, Illinois. So I, I know the story of Kanye coming up, hearing about it. And they hear the whole, first of all, shout out to the dude who's been documenting him since like 2000s. He was just a low-level producer, producer that got some tracks with Jay-Z because he quit what he was doing, moved to New York, and was like, I'm finna film Kanye West. And now it turned it panned out to him being the narrating voice over the the thing, and he's listed as one of the cinematographers on there. So that's dope to go from a TV show host to being to being Kanye, the creative Kanye's documentary. That's on Netflix. But I mean, it's super dope. Like, I don't know if you if you if y'all haven't seen it, get a chance to watch it. Um, it go through the beginning stories of the Kanye we all grew to love. Yeah. Is where it's starting at. Like, we got I'm watching episode two when I'm done with this. 
And that's going to get into like the right that starts at the accident from and going forward. But like it's dope because you got to the grind. It's like, yeah, one and make him it make him look a little less crazy out the Mm -hmm. gate because I could tell the love for his mother. And that's what that's why that's why I have that's what's fucked him over. Like, yeah, I think so too. Exactly. More into him, like in just in that first one, like. It's, you got some people like you have dreams of people that do music, all this stuff. Some people, parents, like, yeah, you're doing that, but you're gonna have to figure something else out because this ain't real. I don't know if this is gonna work. This not, it's a lot of stuff that people don't approve of as far as a profession, just because not because they don't think that you're good at it, it's because that they want that security for you. Mm-hmm. It's like they want you to know, yeah, if you're with it, put your all to it, but I want that security blanket for you to so I know you're good that you ain't got to live off me or do whatever off of me. And she kind of poured that into him, like, hey, you like the MJ of making beats. Like, you gonna get to where you gonna go. And he he straight rose up quick in in the super dope, man. I, I haven't watched it uh simply because it feels like I'm about to watch a traumatic story happen. Yeah. I know that Miss Donda passed away. I know she passed away unexpectedly. I know that the Kanye West I grew to love in 2003, 2004 to the Kanye West I see now wearing a MAGA MAGA hat or low-key stalking his ex-wife or whatever. Um, I'm going to see a story that I don't know if I necessarily want to watch. I think that, I think taking on somebody else's trauma Mm. and as much as I love my mama, I, I don't know if I could watch what that feeling would look like because again being a Kanye West fan in that song when he said and it's not even Kanye that says it lost my mama lost my mind mm. that made I, I don't know if I want to watch that transition you know what I'm saying because we know the transition's coming because we 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 see the real story that's deep so I don't know if I can watch this love between a mother and son knowing that it's going to it's going to end soon because they putting all this within three or four hours. You know what I'm saying? And it's well, kind no, of- It ain't, but that's the thing. It's a three part trilogy. So part one, you got three hour and a half episodes. Mm-hmm. It's gonna go to the same. It's more so like Kanye's first seven years yeah. of getting- Even, even long term. Like me watching, if well, I grow, like it's like if I, every I love the Temptations movie, right? I love the Temptations movie. But I know when Blue roll into that kitchen, he ain't coming back out. I just want to know some short ribs. You know what I'm saying? And so I've been worried I, about some short ribs my whole life, man. I hate you, dude. Like, I always like, did he just fall over? Did he fall in the oven? Like, y'all could have gave me a little more insight versus Blue going in the kitchen, not coming out. You hear, oh, Blue. You know, though, that trauma, when my grandmother died, my aunt literally played that same Smokey Robinson song at the funeral. Mm. So I really can't watch it now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so it, it's it's one of those things where I'm looking at every, if I go and I see that 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 pouring of love from Miss Donda into Kanye, I'm, it's going to break my heart. You know what I'm saying? Knowing for a fact that he don't have that now. I don't say it breaks my heart seeing him now. It's you know, just- yeah, oh. yeah, it take a while for some some people don't never recoup from that. Some people get it together. And so, he ain't got the right people around him anyway, I feel like either though, in a sense. 
You ain't got the right. Yeah, he, fell into, he fell into that Kardashian curse, man. It's not even just that. Not, I mean, not, y'all can't name one person. He went too deep into it. He had four babies. Like, That's he, went, right. he went too far into the church. The first time I was like, all right. Right, he but. just wanted a family, though. Like, he just wanted a family. Yeah, I think you was trying to fill a void. He was. He just was popping But with a Kardashian, though. I mean, like, would you have seen, would you he have said he lost his mind. But you know what, though? What's crazy, right was crazy. I saw a tweet the other day, and somebody was like, it's funny how when <sighs> this Kanye, when Kanye and Kim split, Everybody was focused on, oh, Kanye is bad, and this is all Kanye. Yeah, like but Kim has three failed marriages prior to this. This the fourth one. The little basketball nigga was for five days. Exactly. Like five, it was like five, I think it was between five and fifty. We call this this the thing we 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 all about accountability. That Kanye part. West watched all of that stuff before he married that lady. So, like, when people say that stuff about her, like, I don't follow, like, the Kardashians, but, I mean, I know the, the gist of it. That man knew what he was getting into. He seen the sex tape. He seen the failed marriages. So, we not going to like she did something to him. He voluntarily married who the hell he chose yeah, to marry. And so, whatever came with it is it's what came with it. It's one thing to know my girl had, had previous guys before me. It's another thing to see it. But he was okay with that, though. That's what I'm saying. We don't have the right. We, we, as in just people in general, because not me, but people keep passing judgment on this lady. That man, Uh, everything that we're talking about, he knew. He married her, and he had four kids with her. You love who you love. When she didn't even want to push the mugs out, which after a certain hour, like, I don't want to stare again. I don't want to push no more. And he kept giving up the term. But see, it seems like, I don't know, stuff like that, like, to me, and I, I try not to be judgmental, but if I didn't have a good first pregnancy and I won't, hello? My bad. Oh, my what? If no, I didn't have a first expand and push the wrong button. If I didn't have a good first pregnancy and I want more children and I can afford a surrogate, why would I not get a surrogate? Like, you do not get no medal of honor for turning your body up having kids. You do not get no medal of honor because you died giving birth to kids. Why well, would why you do that? That's just stupid. Why keep having them if you because just know? Because she, she can afford them and she wanted them, so why not? Oh, come on, hell. Okay. He, he, oh, he, it's, he, it's funny you say that, Jess. Victim, y'all are that Hold man is not a victim. I'm going to throw a whole curveball. It's funny you mentioned that right there, Jez. Then why so much hate for Nick Cannon if he can financially afford to have a home? You want to know why? Because people do not know how to mind their goddamn business. Nick Cannon is not knocking these ladies over their head, date raping them. They know what he's on, and they do it. Why, why, do, people, why do we poor people give a damn me. about this man having kids that he can afford to have? Why I, do we care? I love it. I'm like this. I am all for the, the, what what Nick Cannon doing with hell. What Kiki White doing? If you got the if you got the the finances to be able to take care of your children, do it. Because I know some folks out here with ten kids and they had a job in twelve years. <laughs> with Kiki White, that that actually and it just really goes to show how weird our society is. She may have multiple husbands. That lady was married when she had all of them kids. She didn't have like baby daddy. She had husbands. And I, I'm, okay with, I'm okay with what she's doing because literally she ain't nothing but our great grandmothers. It is nothing wrong with that. Like, my grandmothers was out here having ten and twelve kids. 
Just on a level of where is the African African American community going to be in 10, 20, 30 years, we've got to start. If we want to continue maintaining a, a significant portion and uh, uh, influence in this country, we got to start having more babies. You know, Thank black you. girls are only having, young black girls are only having right less than two babies apiece so, now. A little less than two babies apiece. Mm -hmm. Where Hispanic community and Asian community, they having three and four babies, right? So yep. let's be real. We make up about 12% of the nation's population. In, t in 20 years, we're going to be well under 10% if we don't start having babies. But who's supporting and, and, the babies, and, though? Why we don't have babies in toxicity? That ain't healthy. Well, well, we we but we need more. We need more African American babies. I, I hear you, but I also more, think. Go ahead. Now go ahead. We need more. We need more. We need more babies. But we also, I think, our generation or this current generation that we're in, we have people who understand we need healing, but yes. their mindset is, I need to heal myself before I can heal anyone else. You your healing might take 20 years. Yeah. And when you get to when you get to this point where you're like, all right, well, I, I'm not gonna bring a child in. You're killing off families, you're killing off our future. There, I, I literally I you know, white people are scared of becoming a minority in this country, right? Hence the reason all these abortion laws are coming. They're not stop, they're not, they're not doing abortions because black people out here just like, hey, we having abortions. They realize that there are young white kids who are having abortions. At a high rate, if they go in and realize they keep killing all these babies, that they're going to become a minority in this country, and we all know they treat minorities differently differently in this country. And so, we, you know, if you don't believe me, go ask Jane Elliott. Jane Elliott can show you a video where she has room full of white people. Mm -hmm. Would you are you okay with being a minority in this country? And they're gonna be like, hell no. And so, in this setting, black there are plenty of black women who are so focused on careers. Yeah. There are black men who make bad decisions and end up incarcerated mm -hmm. and, and, and or dead. And so we have a lot of people who are focusing on everything individually and not thinking about the community. They're not thinking about the self. Hence the reason that's why black, most black neighborhoods suffer because as soon as a black family consider themselves, I made it or they I got some money, yep. They I'm, out. Yep. I'm out the hood. I'm gone. I'm, I'm moving to the county. Yep. You know, hell, I remember 20 years ago or 25 years ago being like, if my friends lived in Bell Fountain or Spanish Lake, I was like, damn, y'all made it. Y'all rich. You look at Bell Fountain or Spanish Lake now. The hood. Exactly. The ghetto. Yeah. And so when you start looking at that, you're like, all right, well, now the people who made it, go out to St. Charles and go out to O'Fallon. My, my great uncle bought a house off, K, off Highway K mm -hmm. like 25, 30 years ago in the Fort Zumwalt School District. Right, that's he felt he made it. He felt they had it good out there. You know what I'm saying? Versus down down in the city or wherever. It's it the 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 problem that we look at is if I go in and say to a black woman like, "Hey, your career is great, but what you gonna what are you gonna leave that to? Like, what after if you go through your whole career, you make all this money, and you don't have nobody to leave it to." And see, you know what? But so, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but like that was me. So like, I didn't have my baby till I was twenty-two. But I literally, 
I graduated high school. I went straight to college. I went straight to grad school. I went to the police academy. Like the the primary reason me and his father are not together, when I had him, I was an undergrad. I was like, dog, I got to get a career. And for me, it was I wanted a career so bad. I was the first in my family to go to college. Nobody had a career. Everybody had jobs. So I, I felt like I had something to prove. And so he wanted more kids. I was like, no, dog, I, I got to at least finished undergrad. Then literally I graduated undergrad in December. I was in grad school by January. And so I never had room for a family. And I look back on that now, like I only got one back. I love being a mother. It's like the best thing in the whole wide world. It's like untraditional as I am. Like I love being a mother and the thought of he's getting ready to leave and go to college. And like, there are no more babies. You know, I turned 41 today. I ain't having no more babies. That is the one thing out of everything dope I feel like I've done in my life, not having more children because I was so career driven is the biggest regret I have. Mm -hmm. The biggest regret that I have. I feel like, and I mean, it it worked out like career wise, like career is amazing, but literally the, the majority of my existence is being a mother. Not that I'm not his mother once he leaves, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's out the I house now. I wish I had more babies. I wish that somebody somewhere along this journey has said, you can go to grad school later. Mm-hmm. You can go to the police academy later. It's not going, this stuff is not going nowhere. But you can't be, well, you can, but you probably don't want to be 41 you know what I'm saying? Having babies or I'm 45 having babies. People doing it now. Look at all these uh, all the celebrities having. Children. I'm not interested, baby. My joints and shit be hurting. I'm old. I'm chubby. I don't feel like any of that. Well, but let like, me say, I, I, I wish I had babies. I'm kind of on the other end because I and I always am very transparent. I have not always been in the mindset of where I am. Like I was just out here surviving, and I started having. My children, like my oldest will be four on the 7th of March. Um, and so I recently just started having children. But my grind has, it got even harder or like I'm in grind mode even more because of my children, um, because I want to see something for them. Um, so I think it's just, a, it's, it really is. And I have two, I have a, a, a two girls. And, but now in my mindset, I am kind of like, I don't think I want no more. Because <laughs> it's if you think about it, at, at 12 to 13 percent of the population right now, we're very marginalized. Imagine 20 years from now when we only make up seven to eight percent of the population. White folks they don't give a they don't give a damn about us now. now. They don't give less than a damn about us when we seven percent of the population. Like what would have been what what honestly should have been our move was promoting and continuous like there was there was a reason that they attacked the black family. There was a reason that systems were put in place to attack the black family. Our grandparents had it to where my my great grandmother had ten kids. Yep. My 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 dad is the oldest of eight. You know what I'm saying? When you start talking about siblings and y'all deep, you know what I'm saying? That's a whole different vibe. We go out and we looking for friends and brothers and like, oh man, we need to. We looking for that when really our parents could have just made sure we had. Plenty of siblings, and that population drop for us is is hurting us because again, as Roger said earlier, if you got so many young black men focused on becoming athletes or rappers, we don't have 
if I got 10 kids and three of them want to be rappers, go right ahead because I got seven that's going to become any and everything else. But if I got two kids, both of my kids want to be rappers, and we all know it in this day and time, you get into that rap game, it's really you get into the street game, and that street game can take you out of here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and when you start talking about our, our mortality rates of our kids, mortality rates of black men and black women, we, we, we can mention the black women dying on the operating table. Yes. Or child in, birth, in, in child childbirth. Childbirth. Yes, we, we, we can talk about black men dying in the street or in jail. Our kids are facing stuff too. You I mean, it's forgiving. Go back to that child, but I mean, that's even the impact. So women are scared to have children we because need we for don't you have... To have two more. We need for you to have two more. Who? You two more. Jeez, I need one from two you. Two more. Who? Two. More. But you know what? I will say Listen, the only way I have a kid. I just told her that the only way I have a kid is if she got pregnant. We ain't find out till about the seventh, eighth month. We ain't gonna know about that shit because that shit did. <laughs> but, but I'm also something that, that I think we as a community fail with is that there are, we don't have the support. I mean, it's I, not even that. I had it. I had the support. I still I feel like we as a people, we as a people, turn a blind eye yeah. to adoption. To adoption, I agree. Adoption. I agree. I, I have a friend. I have a friend of mine who had. She's a foster mom, and she had after fostering for so long. She actually went and adopted like three or four kids, mm. and she actually like made these kids hers and had adoption days. And I felt like for for women in those situations who don't have children of their own for whatever reason, adoption is, is, is something that because there are plenty of black kids who don't yes. have a home, and we all know for a fact if I'm in the mall and I see a black kid with a white family, we looking like what the yep. And so why not go out and, and start that moment? That I'm okay if black women decide hey, if a lot of black women I I like my body too much or I'm I'm afraid of childbirth. I don't want to do it. But there are plenty of black kids out here who don't have a home that mm -hmm. you can take and turn into that future doctor, lawyer, etc. Because if you've done it once with your child, you all you have to do is provide the resource for that kid who doesn't have it. You know, I've been being a teacher. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I'm a teacher. I'm a. I'm a father. I'm an uncle. I'm a big brother to all these kids. But imagine what I could do if I adopted three, four of them. You get what I'm saying? Instead of eight hours of mentorship and, and love, what happens when it's twenty four? When it's twenty four? You know what I'm saying? I, I no. I'm not saying twenty four, but but no, twenty four. Three, you know three to four. No, but I'm saying age. I'm talking about like eight hours with a kid. I'm, I'm giving them 24 hours of love. Oh, okay. I thought you meant 24 kids. Did you check Maria's comment? I need, your, I need your check for that. You need to turn a wreck into a big check for me for that. <laughs> it is easy to say, right? To say have more children when you're not the one carrying them, um, because I'm. It is real out here. Um, I'm. I'm a big advocate. I'm a certified doula. I advocate so hard about um black maternal health, um, because it is. I've experienced my own trauma with birthing, um, my first, um, and I feel like that is just something we cannot sweep under the rug. Um, no. when we're talking about having more children. Now keep it. I'm not trying, I'm not trying, I'm not policing anybody's uterus like <laughs> shit. I'm just simply saying, 
if we want a if if we want our fair share of yeah. this American dream, keep having we've more got people. to maintain a significant number of the American population. Otherwise, right. we will be even more marginalized. And then AD to your point about um adopting kids. So I've always thought about that. I have several friends and they're younger than me. Like that's what they do. They foster, they adopt. It's a super dope concept, but I'm like tainted. So I used to do, when I lived in Ohio, I did um, sex crimes against children. Mm. And so one of the ladies came in, they beautiful family. Like they had like five or six kids themselves. The kids were older though. So they wanted to, you know, get more kids. They beautiful life. I'm not trying to be funny. They literally adopted the devil's baby girl. I had never seen, I felt so bad for the, because they like, they couldn't like give her back. Jeez. The little girl was, <laughs> no, but what it was, was you can't they, give them back. No, not, no, baby, not in Ohio. You can absolutely not give really? these kids back. No, ma'am. Who the, give them to? Who you gonna give them to? The they same. adopted her. It wasn't a foster child. That was their legal child. Okay. I'm See, telling, I know someone has adopted someone and gave them back to the state. Literally. You're not going to do that in, in the state of Ohio. You absolutely not. <laughs> that little girl used to torment these people like she was kicking their ass. She, I mean, it was like the worst thing that had ever happened to this family. And it was so sad because they were good people. Like, you know, their kids were grown. They had grandkids. They were educated, financially stable. The little girl literally, like, fucked their whole life up. Literally. And what it was, like, after all of this digging, because CPS was so involved, the police, because, like, she was over there beating them up. It was just horrible. Come to find out, she came from a long line of mental health issues. Mm. Like, her parents were very, very just unstable. Like, it was just a whole line of shit that they wouldn't have known when they adopted her because there's certain things you can't tell. Ever since I saw that, I was like, eh. like, I don't really know about nobody else's kids. Because like, if I get babysitting in my house, I don't know how it's going to work. That shit's scary as hell because you're stuck. What you going to do? We're going to figure out something. Listen, like, like, it was so bad. Like these people, their adult children, like they wouldn't come to the house no more. They wouldn't bring their grandkids around no more. She literally destroyed their family unit because she was just so unstable. Ever since I saw that and I like helped them out for like a year and a half, never got better. Medication, therapy, everything that people would say, well, try this. This will work. Then none of that shit work. Certain mental health is just what it is, and certain genetic things are just what they are. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. I don't really know about nobody else's kids. It's a scary one. That is a scary. I don't want it. It's a scary situation. Um, I don't want I, it. I thought about it before. I, I I thought I couldn't have children, so um, but I thought about it before I did end up having my girls. Um, mm -mm. But, yeah, I thought about it, and then I got that case, and I was like, never mind. Fuck all that. I'll just be that cool uncle. Cause I'm <laughs> right. I, she talked about police and uterus, uteruses. You, I'm trying to get a baby about that uterus. So she doesn't <laughs> talk all that shit she wants to. I don't care what she's talking about. That coming been gone for a minute. <laughs> get it up, my brother. She thought I wasn't going to say nothing. And she probably going to come in here and say something. I don't care. <laughs> it is what it is. She's like, you.
it's a lot to it. But I, I do think I agree that we do need to have more children. But I also think it's more to that, like the family unit itself has to be. Because I don't want to say keep having children and we in some toxicity, and then we just birthing more toxicness. But, but, and, but to- toxic is one of those things that people who are toxic. Okay, see, I told you. See, see, uh huh. But toxicity is one of those things where people, we can say stuff toxic all we want. But if you're not willing to actually change the toxicity and and go through the steps to change that, it's it's an excuse. You know, and and I'm a firm believer in excuses are tools of the incompetent. So don't have no more children if you ain't trying to change that toxicity. No, it's not, it's not necessarily that. Stop, stop because people will be like, Oh, well, I need to work on myself before I have a kid. No, but you can, you can work on yourself for the rest of your life. I agree. You, you, gonna, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna work on yourself forever. And and, and it, don't say I want to change the toxicity if you're not seeking out the mental health professional. I agree. Yeah, like, I, I know people that be like, I want help, but if I send you to a therapist, you're not gonna talk to me. I agree. I, t- I talk about that a lot too. The, the Hood Hills is one of my segments. We talk with mental health specialists because I'm trying to get people to tap in that it's black therapists out here. It can be a safe space. You yeah. can do it. We can do it. So, I mean, I'm with you on all of that. I definitely think you have to do the work. And along the way, it has to be a great communication between partners and a mutual understanding that this is how we going to do this and how many we going to do and when we going to do it. Um, no, I I agree. So we're gonna move on to another one before we get to wrapping this show up, y'all. For my, my, my sports folks, we've been talking about that tonight. What's your thoughts on Jawan Howard? Oh, first black man, white man. I, I could I mean I ain't gonna say I couldn't believe it because every time Jawan Howard do or something, he lets you know he's from Chicago. That's a typical Chicago nigga. Let you know they from Chicago and any act of violence that they got bestowed upon them. But I'm like, he got suspended. He didn't get fired, which I was surprised. I thought he's it was going to get fired. fired. He's yeah, going yeah. to get fired. I think he's going to be into that. But I was just they're, like, they're doing. They're, they did this. They did this to give them more time to figure out. Yeah. If they can fire him with cause, will they have to pay a buyout? He's going to get fired. Yeah. And, and I and I hate to say it, but I I really want people to realize, uh, uh, maybe think about it like this. He has, he. We, we, we want to hold him to a higher standard because he's a the coach at Michigan. But he, he he's dealing with the same thing that black men deal with every day. Being in a situation in which <clears throat> you have to make a decision split second. Am I going to allow someone to invade my personal space, put their hands on me, and do I respond? And we all have had that situation happen at one point in time or another in our life. And, you know, people need to realize that man, whether, whether people were separating him or not, that man, that he was, he was physically touched in a man, in a manner in which violence was imminent. And when people get in there and he like, well, he swung at him. Do I think he should have swung? No. But at that point, at that point in time, whatever he felt, I would love to. I would have loved to hear the audio of what was said. He hit that thing as hard as he could. Like, what are we, uh, when we have fifty-year-old mm-hmm. 
Multi-millionaire African-American males, educated African-American, multi you know, resorting to violence on national TV. What are we teaching our boys? But, but violence is never the answer, ever, right. ever, ever. But and I, we're teaching our boys that that's okay. I see that man put his hands on like then you then walk away. Then you walk away. We as the people always got to take the nonviolent way. Y'all saw what they did to our nonviolent leaders. So I, I, it's hard for me to tell a, it's hard for me to tell a black, a so black boy. What's the biggest apply outside of, outside of the white man and the racism and all that? What's the biggest problem in the African American community? Violence. And we, and we're teaching our boys that violence is an option. It but can my, never be an option. But is, is that is that fair to say that if I tell my son, if I tell my son, when someone touches you, if someone grabs you to be like, hey, I, w- I don't want no smoke all the time, all that is is an invite for future smoke. For if, if you're thinking, I think that's a small way of thinking, and it gets us in the situation we're in right now. Now, everything's about, I was disrespected, so I can respond any kind of way. Jawan Howard had a larger responsibility. He was a, he is a role model, not just to those 10 black boys he got on that team, but to millions of others. And even if he gets punched in the mouth, he has to be, the, the, the example is more important than the blood coming out of his lips. So I, I, he's bigger than that. He's I, I hear bigger you. Than that. I hear you, but I feel like it's it's unfair to say to a man that because you're on the big stage, that the disrespect that can come to you should be acceptable by you because you're on the big stage. If that's the case, then any level of disrespect that comes to any black man who considered themselves made it is like, hey, again, my conflict is no longer whether I'm you know, have, have I really achieved a level of success if I get to a point where you still got to be like, oh, well, I got the whole community riding on my back. If, if they call, if, if they disrespect me, because it's not like, it, it's not like we haven't seen a division one coach what? or a man of that, a man of that profession. Bobby Knight used to do the same thing. And Bobby Knight got way more chances than the Jawan Howard was going to Howard does that. There's, three, there's 38 people breaking up that fight. Lil Ray Ray do that at the club. Three people jail. get shot. Right. And he three people get shot. Exactly. You're you're 100% right. But but here's the thing. In that, in that situation, in that same situation, now, it, at the club, at the club, you we're, 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 what you're saying now is that because he's on the bigger stage, he, should, he shouldn't have did it. It's going it, to... Every parent in here has taught their kid to if, if somebody hits you to hit back. It, no. and now unless, unless all of a sudden we go and, and that and that has what's got us the most the, the the absurd amount of violence in our community. I, I teach my kids. I teach my kids walk away because there's something bigger. That's a, everybody. The, our community. We, they think that we're we're good athletes. Some of us work real hard, but we can't control our emotions. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we're not we're not ripe for higher level positions. And Jawan Howard just fulfilled every stereotype. Walk but, away. We all call ourselves Christians. 
But, but white, we don't. We don't. White men and white women do the same thing. We are holding ourselves to this standard that violence doesn't happen. It, right now, I, I have never seen not one black country start a war. We, you can go on CNN right now and see it happening. And it's white folk. It, it's it's literally Bobby Knight did the same thing, same thing for years, and he is revered. So just because, people love him. So because Bobby Knight was wrong, what I'm saying, what I'm saying he can is be equally wrong. What I'm what I'm saying is he might be equally wrong. I'm not saying I I, I said he was wrong. But the assumption that he should have to give up a certain level of protection of himself and a protection of his manhood for the sake of everybody to feel like so he has to be held to a higher standard. Let's analyze this from a legal st standpoint, okay? You're only allowed to use self-defense if you are in imminent danger, okay? I, I can use self-defense if you are about to hit me. But if there are 12 people, if, if there are six people between us and, and because I'm seven foot tall, I reach over seven people to hit you, that's not self-defense. That is aggression. And that is a crime. And it is, and it is it's not self-defense. Yeah. Because he was not in imminent danger. No, no, no. There were three people in between him. Understand. Maybe six. This wasn't, this wasn't a self-defense thing. This was a... I'm meeting aggression with aggression versus my me meeting aggression with meekness for the sake of I don't want people to feel like black people then you're are telling me that it's okay for then you're telling me it's, it's okay for a, a, a black man a 50 year old black man on national TV to commit a crime and let's somehow that's okay because he committed a crime let's take off the national crime because now I, crime I see is always wrong people. crime I, is always wrong crime I, is I, always I, wrong. I look at it as that 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 man had the idea that we that we're saying, hey, because he's on TV, because he's a black man, because he's a large black man. Because let's be real, the bigger you are, the more aggressive they think you are. So the fact that he has to give those things up because he made it to mission. The fact that we are justifying why is no a one man committing about a crime man? against why another man says something about man? how we view violence, and it and it explains the level of violence in our communities. But nobody is talking. Let let's let's this idea the level of violence in our community. There's just as much violence on their side. There, you, there's plenty of violence. We're on responsible side. for our community. You're right. We're responsible so, for teaching our boys. So, uh, so in this situation. If I go and tell a black boy, hey, watch this coach. He's accosted by a white coach. And because people break it up quickly, you have to be meek and mild. But in, in any other setting, in any other setting. Because people break it up quickly, you have to not commit a crime. He committed a crime. It, it, so so was a crime not committed against him? I, I don't know if the guy hit him. I think that if I go, if I go, if I come, if I come up to you and I grab your shirt and I grab you as if we're, as I'm ready to, as, as I'm ready to accost you and people pull us away, did I not assault you? Yes. But, but, but my right of self-defense ends when you're, when you can no longer harm me, that guy can, could not have harmed Jerron Howard. There were I, six. There were six large people in between Jawan Howard and that guy. And I, I, when, I, I, when I, we start justifying crimes, 
I just think that explains why violence is so prevalent in our community. And we've got to stop teaching our kids that if somebody hits you to hit back, that's that's why we that's why half of us are on probation or in prison. But I think if we go back to the method of don't hit back and don't do that, we go back to the to our ancestors martyring us or being martyred out of don't hit back. How many times did we watch Bloody Sunday? How many times did we see that happen all across the country of don't hit back? We're don't not, do this. So you're gonna you're gonna compare what happened to I'm, to, I'm to, to, to Jawan Howard to what happened system. in Birmingham, Alabama. No, I'm, I'm, I'm comparing a system over dramatization. If I go and say to black boys, don't be violent even when violence approaches you. Don't be violent because we don't want the the the, the story to be that black boys are violent. I might as well go and say, hey, that should be the, the standard across across everything. Well, if you take all absolute statements are wrong, okay? You take anything to its absurd conclusion, that yeah. there's gonna there's gonna be a problem with it. That's just wrong. Jawan Howard and, and is in the trial of public opinion, and not one person has said anything vile about the Wisconsin coach who initiated this. But you know who creates. I think I, it, I heard both of you all. I, I clearly hear both of you all. And what I think what, what Mr. White is trying to say is that we're giving them the fuel to the fire. Um, is what he's saying because they're going to play that. that. That's what they do. They they provoke us, and then when we react, then that's then, when they get the, the storyline. So I wish you know they played that same. They played that same. They played that. The media played that same rule when we were getting arrested for sitting in at a lunch counter. The media I, just I because the media, plays, the media is the wrong. I I'm with you. The media plays no, it wrong no does not mean we teach our children to roll up, roll along with this story of. Cause if I if you're if you're if you're nonviolent and you and you don't do anything, if you don't do anything, they hell, Dr. King didn't never hit not okay, one person. Yes, he, was, he was he was he was being followed by the top law enforcement agency in the country. Right. Because please. of what because and of being nonviolent. And and his death, no matter how tragic it was, was a catalyst for a lot of positive things. Mm. He made a sacrifice, but I was he saying he made a sacrifice. But I would say this: I think when with what Mr. White is saying, when we look at our own communities, how do we deal with each other, and versus outside of each other? I'm with him on we need to figure out how we're dealing with crime in our communities. But I also understand what you saying at any means necessary. That's, that's outside of here. That's outside of well, our community. This, that's different. This was, not, this was not in the community. It wasn't a black coach he was talking to. Now, if, if it would have been a black coach right, in this I'm fashion, right. I'm yeah. with you. So that's that's but, what I'm saying. That applies to different. But what he's trying to say, too, is when we react now in our communities, if we're saying to act or violence is the, the answer to everything, our children are going to take that violence amongst each other. And that's what we have in our communities now. We have to make a line of distinguish. It's like when we in our communities, there's a different code to this. When we're and, outside, and we handle it a different way I see and that's the logic behind that, what, but, it, but it's it's not it's not realistic. If it's you're gonna realistic. if you're gonna be aggressive and violent, you're gonna be aggressive and violent in all situations. And that and I think that's what we've taught our kids, and that's what Jawan Howard uh, also taught kids that you, it, it's okay that you you can you can assault people even if they are wrong towards you. I think we got to be bigger and we got to be better. 
And I think he deserves, and, and I think he's a great guy, but I think he deserves to take a break from leading, from leading and teaching young black men. Mm. Or, and, and, ha- and, and spend that time learning from his mistakes. Like we well, all I, I disagree even more. If if he is if he if he is re- if if he is removed permanently as Michigan coach, if Wisconsin is not doing the same thing. Because what Wisconsin show what Wisconsin just showed, what Wisconsin just showed the entire country is that a white man can assault someone, get away with it, the black man take the fall for it because of his reaction, and I'm still going to have a job, and I'm still going to lead black kids in my program and let them know, like, hey, I'm going to get away with it. My, I'm going to wash my hands of it. I'm going to continue. Hell, I might get a raise. And, we, and, and, and what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm hearing is that this black man who reacted to this white aggression should be the one to pay for this crime when it was white aggression that started it. And every aspect of white aggression in American history, we're now saying that, hey, if white aggression is there, then not every black person who's ever dealt with a Karen should be the one to be in trouble for it. Because that what 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 all this coach did, all this coach did was be a Karen. I'm going, I'm up by 14 points. I've won the game. It's less than a minute. Let me tell you why I took a timeout and explain to you why I did what I did. I don't care. We're not friends. We we are opponents right now. And you know, as a as a former player and I, and myself as a former coach, if I there's no reason for me to explain my strategy to you. So for me to come up to you and not like what you're saying to me about my strategy and me grab you just because you swung on me. I'm just as I'm just as violent as you are because I initiated it. But, but you keep saying that, hey, the other guy was wrong, right? And even when the other guy is wrong, does that allow us to be wrong? So even if I'm in the club and somebody steps on my new Jordans, am I justified in responding in a violent way? Your violence is never the answer. And and you can say it and you could and no matter how many times you say it, when you play it, when you play it out to its absurd conclusion in our community, we always lose. Our, one boy goes to prison and the other boy is hurt or dead. And we lose double by teaching that. I get what both of y'all are saying. I th- I think it's I think it's unfair to say, I think it's unfair to say that because this event happened between a black man and a white man to say that the black man represents every aspect of black people and he he's going to be the all black kids got to function because they looked at this one black man because we won't we won't apply that to white people and that's not that's not accurate because even our biggest leaders didn't have everybody behind them there were people who did not like dr king there was people who did not like malcolm x or marcus garvey or any other leader we had booker t and web were opposite ends of the spectrum so to say that Jawan Howard is leading black boys and he's leading in a in a aggressive sport of basketball, and he had a moment of even if you want even if you want to say he was wrong, I, I he's wrong. He had a moment uh, where his clarity was, was was misjudged or or not there. Being human, the fact that, the fact no that one's, no one's saying that he deserves to go to prison or he deserves to be shunned forever, but you don't get to continue to lead. When you resort to violence, 
and and all all I'm saying, if that's the if that's the same case for Jawan, I hope Wisconsin is on the same track, and they're not. That's all I'm saying. And if if there isn't, if there isn't, then we are right back buying into the same thing that, hey, we got to hold black people to a higher accountability than everybody else. We hold athletes higher than we hold politicians. We hold rappers higher than we hold the 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 church members or anything else. As a black man, he is a he is a a person from Chicago, played Michigan, played in the NBA, came back to Michigan doing his thing, and because he had a moment. So let me ask you this. If you was at a church mm-hmm. and the preacher was smoking crack, mm-hmm. uh, well, he just had he, he, he and he got he got 800 members. Well, he just had he just had one smile. The pre, he's a preacher. He's supposed to be better. He's supposed to be better than me. But He's supposed to not smoke crack. But understand this: if He's I, a if leader, you're right. And there are plenty of leaders in here who have flaws. I ain't gonna. I'm not gonna say I, I. I might not be the community for me. And 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 he and he should probably not be preaching for a while. If you're smoking crack, you should not be preaching for a little while. Now I'm not saying forever. And if you are assaulting people committing crimes on national TV, you should not be leading young men for a little while. Not forever, but for a while. Violence is always bad. And it, it, it's destroying our community. It's destroying our community on every level. I, 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 think, I think it's just that the violence you speak of is just as bad as if we're going, if we're going to say that the the systemic injustice of our people consistently being held to a standard that our counterparts don't have to hold themselves to. And, not- and, and to and to say that we're we should always be like, hey, we gotta be better. If I I've never seen one time in my 17 years of education seeing black kids go to a, a white school basketball, a basketball game between a black school and a white school, and the black kids talk about the white kids as if they are less than human. But I've been to games and seeing the white kids, monkey chants, banana animals, USA chants. I've seen that. And to say that, hey, you know what? It's okay over there. It that's normal. And, and then tell those black kids, no, it's not. It, it's it's so it, you shouldn't do it over here. So it, again, holding no, those higher standards. No one's saying that it's okay. I'm simply saying that we still own our response. We we you still you're still responsible for your response. Just because you spit on me doesn't mean I don't have a responsibility to control my response. So just because you're wrong, it doesn't allow me to be wrong. I I agree with that because you you got a choice of how you respond. I'm not going to say, in my opinion, though, in that situation, I'm not going to say you're wrong. If you did it this way, I'm not going to say you're right if you did it that way. I'm just going to say you did what you felt was right for you because what my response may be may not be what your response gonna be but you got to deal with the consequences that come behind your response so if they drop him from that that's the consequence based off his response he can't be mad at nobody but himself because that's how he chose to react everybody else may not have reacted like that me personally i can't say i wouldn't have did the same shit joan howard did and i would have took whatever consequence came with that shit because this is how I chose to react and say a situation, right or wrong. I'm going to just say this. Juwan Howard, if they fire you from Michigan, 
it's a whole bunch of HBCUs that would love to have you as a coach. I'm gonna just put that. But that part, I'm gonna say, why we ain't creating our own and going into our own spaces? But that's a whole nother situation. Um, you wouldn't even have to deal with all of that. But that's- you know, it, it, it's it, it's finally it's finally happening where where black students are choosing places that will celebrate you even when you lose. You that know, part. That, yeah. I've been it for years. You know, <laughs> you know, because. Uh, unfortunately, we've had black athletes go to these predominantly white schools. Mm-hmm. Make them all this money. Go, make them all this money. And they don't even care about you. Wait, go go on Twitter. Go on Twitter. I I, t- I I really want people to understand when you choose a school like an Alabama or a Mizzou, even a Mizzou or a or any school. Hell, I just saw a tweet about Lindenwood that a, a guy was like, "I'm glad that they're." And we got Division One football in St. Louis. I hope they can keep that trash on the other side of 270, on the other side of the bridge. And I'm like, I ain't surprised. I'm like, but but when I look at the players on your team, black. they black. They from they the other side. They cheer for you when you're doing good, and then you, you know, and they cheer exactly when you know. Jay, uh, what's my guy from uh um uh from the Philadelphia Eagles, uh Jalen? Um, no, not Rams. Uh, damn, I can't I- think. of uh, the quarter, he's a quarterback, but he went to Alabama. He blew uh, blew the national championship. He was every nigga in the book. Twitter Twitter was so bad on him. All these white folks mad because he lost the national championship. But when he won it, though, they loved him. And I, I'm like, you know, I, I'm tired of being put in this place where when I'm when when it's convenient for me to be black or an American, like the Olympics. When it's convenient for me or convenient for you that I'm black, then it's great. But when I'm not, then I'm every every negative thing under the sun. Hence the reason those Michigan fans and anybody that's anybody not not look to me, if you're not if you gonna say that I gotta hold Jawan to a higher standard, I just be like, hey, as a black man, it's already too much to bear to be like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I got the whole world watching me and I got the whole community watching me too. When really, neither one of them don't have nothing positive or supportive to say until it's time. Like those, those same those same critiques is not wasn't there. Like, hey, they doing this and they need this type of assistance or they need to do this better. It's oh well, we gotta we gotta find something negative to talk about. And then the like I saw Stephen A. Smith go in on Jawan Howard, bro. We're not holding him to a higher standard. We're holding him to the standard of don't slap other men. That's not a high standard. That should be the baseline of human existence. Don't is, slap other men. It's not a grabbing, high is, standard. Is grabbing another man the same standard? Say what? Is grabbing another man the same of standard? Of course, but that's not holding. No one's saying the guy from, from, from Wisconsin was right. But Jawan Howard still has to be a human that doesn't slap other humans. But I but I hear you. But the, the coach from Wisconsin isn't suspended right now. He, but he he has to he he also has to be a human that does not grab other humans. But because he did something wrong, does not give Jawan Howard a a pass to behave in a less than humane way. He's not gonna get suspended because Jawan Howard's response was way worse than what he did. That's the and that's what they're going to pivot into. But I agree. I get what he's doing, though. They want to poke us so we can look like animals. Yes. That's what they want. They want to dump us 
Yes. We shoot them, we look like animals, and we fulfill their yes. narrative of yep. saying we're nothing but big angry apes. Right. We help fulfill their narrative. And I was going to say, if you think back to the movement, why it was so, why was it so impactful is because people were seeing how they were acting. They were acting. We, we weren't acting. violence They were seeing how they were acting. I, I, I get you. I, I understand that. But I understand what you're saying, too. Like, at the but, end of the day, they both should be disciplined. But, let, but, we but, know. Let, but let's be real. Let, let's also be real. The movement from 1954 and prior to 1965 where we did nothing but really create martyrs, this movement of we finally stand up for ourselves and we're allowing everyone to police us standing up for ourselves. Hence the reason that the Black, the black Panther Party was treated the way it was treated. I agree. Why the Black Power Movement was treated the way it was treated. And this mindset that we can't be proud of who we are or defend who we are without that movement being thrown in as criminal or anything else is, is, is just as much a slap to... to, to what Juwan Howard did was not about the movement. It was not about the African-American community. That was a man losing his temper. And that, it was. that was a man losing his temper. And, 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 to try, and to try and conflate him with Dr. King and, uh, and man, the Panthers, that's just false. That but, was uh, one man losing his there. temper. I disagree with and the fact if, if if any man if any man in the United States, black, white, red, green, gets grabbed by another man, and he just like, oh, okay, it's good. I don't know that. I I don't. I can't believe that at, that at not one point in time, if somebody grabbed you, Roderick, or your son, or anybody that you knew, and grabbed them and be like, hey, I'm gonna poke you, I'm gonna poke at you, I'm gonna grab you, and you gonna see things my way. And you not lose your cool. Yeah, that is what a human should do. That's what all humans should do. I mean, but that's the big part. Should. No, I mean, it's going to happen. Okay. That may be the, the high moral code, but shit, depending on how I'm feeling at that time. Yeah, it's like. It's like it's a split second decision between nothing or Jesus walks one or the other. It's like, either I'm going to be like, I'm going to pray for you, you or you choose the day you do this. But it goes back to you said too, like then you also know you gotta deal with the consequences. You gotta deal with the consequences. That's all yeah, I'm saying, people. I'm, I'm more than okay with right or wrong. And, and, and I don't want to be confused. Come with it without I want to be confused in defending his state and defending his move. I am all a hundred. I am a hundred percent okay with the suspension. I am a hundred percent okay with the separation if if it indeed happens. Because again, you you got to take account accountability for your actions. What I just want want people to understand is. That there is a level that I don't care whether it's low level if we was janitors or if we the president. A lot of us looked at Barack Obama was like, man, you get called a liar on the floor and you don't respond. Mm. Like just one time you would have won. Just I but know that was the beauty. Him. That was the beauty of Barack Obama. No matter what happened, he always took the high road. He knew. He knew that because he was the first black president, even if he responded when he may have been justified in responding, he knew that if he did, it would hurt the entire movement for years. Yeah. Jawan well, Howard well, was, I'm assuming he's the first black basketball coach at, 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 at Michigan. 
I don't know if I, but, I think he might be. Okay. So, but see, Barack, they did Barack wrong. They did Barack wrong every day. But no matter what, he took the high road. He never threw jabs. He never sucked down to their level because there was something more important to Barack than whether or not he could talk bad to Donald Trump or Ted Cruz. Right. And there should have been something bigger to Jawan Howard than whether or not somebody grabbed him on his polo. There should have been something better. You talk about the black movement and the black community and the civil rights movement. Uh, Jawan Howard should have been thinking about the larger movement because what he just made is he made it harder for the yeah. next African-American ba qualified basketball coach to get a job. He did that in his response. And Barack didn't do that. Yeah, that's a valid point. We have to think outside of ourselves and our reactions because at the end of the day, we know what we're up against when we're talking about them anyway, right? We know what we're up against. I, that, all, all, all I'm going to say is, hey, you, you, you are, you're 100% you're right. I just feel like at this point, I, there's no point in complaining about, about any type of oppression. Or or aggression, whether it be micro or macro or anything, because at that point, any type of response to the aggression is going to be met with, I should have, I, I got to hold the community up to a higher standard, so I got to continue to take it. So it, when I when I hear coworkers with their microaggression, take it, because at that point, I you know when when people when people complain about the when complete when people complain about their 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 environments. And what what aggressions come with it? But there's a difference between verbal microaggressions and violence, physical violence. You got something to say, you should be allowed to say it. But if somebody you got a complaint, you should be allowed to voice it. But it should never rise. It should never rise to the level of physical violence. I hear you, but at what me being me me responding with with violence to violence or whatever to any type of aggression. You're right. Should he have smacked him? No, he shouldn't. And again, whatever happens to him, hey, so be it. But there, there has to be an accountability factor as, as we as a people to hold the people who create these situations. Yeah, but Wisconsin, you know what happened with Wisconsin? They lose one white basketball coach, one white assistant basketball coach because he made a mistake. And he may should be well, fired no, too. It was, it was the head coach that grabbed him. Okay. The assistant they, they they lose one, but they got a million other ones. Yeah, we only got ten, and yeah. we about to lose one because he didn't control himself. They got a million to lose. We only got ten to lose. Now we only gonna have nine. So got to be something bigger. It's got to be something bigger than 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 Jawan Howard. And create your own spaces so you won't have to deal with that. HBCUs. How can we start that? That's where I'm on. HBCUs. I feel it. I see it from Yeah. Yeah. Create your own spaces so you don't have to keep going into that space to deal with those things. And then when we're, well, when we're well, approaching each other, we can have a different type of feel and a different type of code. Unfortunately, our, the system of the NCAA and college basketball is so, is so large and the, the, the level of it's only so many HBCUs in the country compared to the 4,000 plus, you know, PWIs out there. You know, it's only 107 HBCUs. So it's, it's really hard to 
to say, you know, constantly create our own lane with that because we only have so many. Well, that's when we go to like go back to like get you some lawyers, focus on those things and instead of focusing on these spaces where they don't, they ain't gonna respect us. But it's a lot to this. It's levels to this. I think all of y'all have some valid points though. Real talk. It's it's definitely and and in no in no way, shape, or form do I feel like what what Roger was saying was wrong. I agree a hundred percent. You know, it's just I, I also want people to understand that there, are, as black people, we're you're gonna have multiple views. You're gonna have multiple views based on experiences, based on all of that. So, at, at that at that time when I saw it, I was like, "Damn, bro! Like you let the whole community down. We was rooting for you." But I also felt like, "Damn, it's like how many times do I got to keep getting my ass whooped before I swing back?" And I understand that response. I do. I definitely understand that response. So uh, don't make it seem like I, I don't want you to seem like I don't understand the response. I just want to look at it from a bigger, uh, a, a, a larger or far away viewpoint. And I just think violence has just done such a bad thing in our community. And I just don't like to see violence dealing with, with perpetuate violence against African-American males and violence perpetuated by African-American males. Because I think when you perpetuate violence, you have a te- it has a tendency to come back on us. Yeah, no, I agree, y'all. Oh, look, we've been doing our thing tonight. We ain't here two hours, 42 minutes strong. We've been going crazy for good ethnic history more than that. I appreciate everybody that came on. Banner, Roderick, as always. Yes, sir. I, I appreciate y'all coming in, chime and kick it with us. Make sure y'all tap into us next week. It is my 33rd birthday episode, so I'm going to have my homie Tony Beard going to come in, and I'm going to have the homie King Notch. He's a black techie out here that's making some good moves in the tech world and kind of showing black people that it's good to get into that space. So we're definitely going to kick it next week. As always, it was episode 108, Big Jizz Day. She done dipped on us. All I got was a text was, I'm in the car, I'm going to chime in. I ain't seen her since. She's going to turn up for her birthday out in these strong weather. But it's your boy, Nico the Great. It's the past, master. And we got one little commercial before we get up out of here, and we're going to play our song. Trust me, lawyers, an important decision. It should not be based solely upon advertisements. You get in the wreck, and you just need somebody. Time is out I'm attorney Roderick White, and if you want real answers to your car wreck questions and real help with your car wreck problems, call me at 314 or 618. I got you. Or visit us online at igotyou.net. Harvest Free Rex, the main spokesman for Turner Rock and White. Ain't a better feeling in the world when you got the one to truly understand. Yeah. It'll never leave you on the dark, cause it's sticking to the plan. Yeah, you're the man. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, her, hey, yeah, well, I just need a whole, uh, need a music video. Yeah. Music video, you just gotta be in the back on the car, gonna stack a whole bunch of checks. <laughs>
Melly with the Give it out for the rest, man. I appreciate all the people that tune in this episode, man. We had a great time. Make sure y'all tap in next week. Before. I'll have this uploaded as soon as possible. We got some big things coming up for the future. Make some good moves, man. Hashtags on the things coming. Some more podcasts coming y'all way under the effort of more TV brands. And those will be... Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Can you read? It's a ethnic issue more TV with your ass she ass.